Welcome to Hoopsville, everybody. On this Thursday, the precursor to the round of 16, the sectional semis, the sectional round, the Sweet 16, whatever you want to call it, we're there here in Division Three. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. This is Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and Sport Tours International from the WBCA and ABC studios. If you've got questions for us, you can email us, Hoopsville, at D3Sports.com. You can also join us on Twitter or Instagram at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville, though we're following Twitter live on the show. Instagram's a little bit harder. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash D3Hoopsville, where we're live simulcasting the show as well. Lots of ways you can join us. We certainly hope you will... Uh, do so and join us and chat D3 basketball. A um, little bit of business today. We'll talk about guests and all that in a minute, but I should take pause because I think it's going to be a long time before I arrive on this particular night of the season and not take pause. It was on this particular night of the season back in 2020 where we said goodbye to the postseason. No, it doesn't line up on the dates. We're three days from that actual event of March 12th. But it was the Thursday ahead of the round of 16, at least for the women, well, and for the men, because they were going to play the one round that weekend. And I was watching uh, videos of buses and travels in the last two days, and the one that struck me today was the video I saw of Whitewater arriving in uh, Ashland, Virginia, and thinking to myself, and they made a comment about going to practice later that day, later in the night, and I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that's what Yeshiva was doing three years ago. They got off the bus to the news, essentially, though I think they knew slightly beforehand that everything was off. We were doing this show that evening, talking about everything being canceled, we were doing an interview with Sherry Herrer, the head coach of Baldwin Wallace Women, recorded when the news broke. And we had already planned that we would react if the news came in because we were expecting the news that day. And lo and behold, no surprise, that's what happened. And so we reacted to it, the two of us. And is still something that I consider and think about to this day. So, forgive me, our computer likes to automatically change our audio settings. So I, uh, I've readjusted. <laughs> Apologize for the pause there, but anyway, again, so we, uh, I always will take pause. I think on this particular night, and again, it's it's not to the day. But it's this particular night where we talked about the end of the season and everything going on. So there you go. Um, all right, let's pivot and talk about what we've got ahead of us tonight. And that will include, um, in this order, New York uh, NYU's senior Jessica Walker will join us on the show. Then we'll hear from Trine Women's Basketball's Andy Rang, the head coach. Uh, then we'll talk to Swarthmore men's basketball coach Landry Kalsmalski, followed by Wisconsin Oshkosh's senior Levi Borscher, Tufts women's basketball coach Jill Pace, and a last-minute ad, but thankful very much, Jake Sullivan, the senior or fifth-year senior graduate student, whatever you want to call it, from St. Joseph's will be joining us. That is all on tonight's show. And 
admittedly, I don't do this um, ever. I try not to have uh, a guest from the same grouping on the same show. And I wasn't paying attention when I did the women's bracket. And then I wasn't paying attention more when I put the scheduling together. And lo and behold, I end up going trying and NYU back to back. So Jenny Walker and then Andy Rang will have a battle, as it were, before we actually tip off tomorrow. Or if you happen to be listening to this on Friday, later today, or if you're listening to this already, uh, after the fact, sometime in the past, they tipped off the game. I want to thank all of you who do watch this show either on demand or you listen to the podcast. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, of course, all of you, thanks for watching live. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, please do your do us a solid and give us a rating, give us a review, move us up the food chain, as it were, in your respective um, places that you watch, whether it's, uh, or listen, it's Apple Podcasts or it's Google Podcasts or it's some other grouping that we've uh, linked to, whatever it is. By the way, if you have a favorite podcast system and then we're not connected to it somehow, let us know. We'll try and add it in uh, as soon as we can. Uh, there has been some news. We broke some news earlier today, in fact. Oh, we didn't break it as much as it got out, and then we got behind some of the news to find out what happened. Um Surprising decision in women's basketball as Loris women's basketball coach Justin uh, Heinzen steps has stepped down from the program. He'll be there a few more weeks as the job has opened up. I gave him a call uh, and he basically said it was time for him to take a break. Apparently they lost their assistant coach sometime in November and I guess never replaced the assistant coach for whatever reason. I didn't dive in and ask. Um, long story short, um, I, I'm using these words. I would say he probably burned out a little bit. It's unfortunate. Great coach. They had a tremendous season. But he's going to take a break from coaching. Apparently stay in the Dubuque area for the time being and hopefully return when he's ready, if he's ready. Um, it's unfortunate. But post-COVID, this is a little bit more the reality. People have understood their world a little bit more in terms of life and work balance in terms of other things that they find important. We are seeing a huge shift in the sports information, athletic communications world because of it. Not surprising we're seeing it in the coaching realms as well. I think we've lost some good assistance as a result of it too. Needless to say, um, this is where we are, and uh, there you go. So congratulations to him on, on a tremendous career to this point. We hope we see Justin back in coaching at some point. Um, there have been some other coaching moves, but nothing uh, as big, I don't think, as that one at all, to say the least. Um, the voting for the all-star team for men's basketball is come and gone. And they have decided the two that have won that all-star vote. It was uh, Illinois Tech's. Uh, sorry, I got. I want to make sure I get this correct because I lost track of it there. Uh, Milos Degolic, Degolic. Sorry, I'm saying his name wrong from Illinois Tech, and Isaiah Geithers from um, Lehman will be joining uh, the program. Remember, there's one from from each team for the fan boat, and then there'll be members selected by the NABC to make up the team, which we will find out early next week. Um, 
And sometimes those in the fan vote end up in the uh, <laughs> end up in the game anyway because some some of the picks that they had either fell through for some reason or whatever. But congratulations on those two at least winning the fan vote. Uh, that, by the way, the women's All Star game I did check in on. Not happening this year. There will be an All Star roster announced. Uh, I was hoping that the game isn't dead after one iteration before COVID derailed everything. From what I'm hearing, no, we will have there. There is hopes of continuing the event as an All Star game, and that will take place hopefully in the near future. But it just won't happen this year. Admittedly, there's costs involved. Uh, I thought. And I was pretty confident. I've not dug into this. I was on the impression that this year there was going to be more money on the women's side of things for something like this. I don't know what happened, but hopefully that comes down the road. Because remember, the men's is kind of sponsored by Reese's, as it is on the men's side in general with their relationship with the NABC. Um, maybe I got my my information crossed, but we'll look into that. But hopefully the women will have their game return in the near future. Speaking of costs and... Um, what it does to put on something. I want to thank all of you. We are now 86% of the way to our fundraising goal. Got a little bit of a bump in the last few days. Certainly appreciate that. Got one just before we hit air, in fact. So we've updated the tote board there on your screen. If you want to donate, you can use the QR code on your screen or Venmo. QR code takes you to Give Butter, and we tweaked Give Butter a little bit today. You should be able to donate however you want there. Um, I think we even lessened our fees, possibly. I'm not 100% sure. But uh, so far, that is rolling along. We also extended the date there, even though the date doesn't really matter. Um, you can also go again by Venmo. But if you'd like to send a check or you want to donate in another way, some people have transferred money through the, through the, through the, uh, the program called Zelle. Uh, just contact us. Email us, at d3sports.com. We'll get you that information. We've been told a couple checks are in the mail as well. Uh, admittedly, some of them have not arrived yet, but that's our mail for some reason or not. But our total there on the board continues to climb, and we appreciate all of you who have given to us. Appreciate the words of Bob Quillman and John Krikorian on the QCast today about our efforts. Um, by the way, Bob apparently has no life this week, just as I don't. Um, I have a reason I don't have a life, but I thought Bob had one, and, and I lived vicariously through him because of it. But apparently, he's given up golf this week to just put out a bunch of cue casts. You're insane, sir. Simply insane. Have not been able to keep up with all of it. Maybe I'll listen on my drive tomorrow. My son and I are taking off and heading down the road to Virginia Beach tomorrow to get there in time for game number one. And it looks like we're going to have someone along the ride i wasn't going to say anything but um bob has given it away <laughs> bob quillman gave it away on twitter uh, kiva poppers will be in my vehicle from baltimore to christopher newport as well unless plans change um i just know i gotta get we we want to get there before the first game obviously but that also means we got to beat sundown but i think we'll be okay on that uh i'm not sure which games he's going to i know he's going to go to saturday's game because it's after sundown um i'm not sure if he can get to the first one or not he and i have not talked about it but yeah it should be an interesting trip to say the least uh if you got questions for us again you can tweet us at d3 hoopsle or hashtag hoopsle you can email us hoopsle at d3sports.com you can join us on facebook and twitter where they're live simulcasting the show facebook.com slash hoopsle and youtube.com slash d3 hoopsle are your opportunities there blazer bobcat as always is tuned in to us from Albany, Georgia. Thank you, sir. 
Um, got a great uh, set of guests tonight. I think we're going to learn a lot. Uh, three student athletes and three coaches. I think we're going to learn a lot about their programs and learn a lot about games ahead of us this uh, weekend. If you do want to keep track of scores in round Division Three, don't forget, go to d3hoops.com as the schedule is in for Friday. It's not in for Saturday because we'll wait until results are in, but the schedules are in. Go to the score page and then click on our score tab at the top of the page and click on NCAA tournament. You'll get your, your lineup. Women get things started at 4.30 with Trine versus NYU, followed by Wartburg and Christopher Newport at 5 o'clock. On the men's side, they will get things started at 4 o'clock with Whitewater at, uh, against Johns Hopkins. That one's taking place at Randolph-Macon, followed by Nichols at Stockton at 4.15. The game I'll be at, St. Joseph's versus Wheaton at 4.30, followed by Oshkosh and Rowan at 4.45. There are five ranked teams involved in those games out of the eight teams playing. So pretty darn impressive, to say the least. we got some big, big games ahead. And of course, that's not even the second round of games on that evening. Uh, Saturday, I'll end up over at Randolph-Macon for the sectional finals there to see who ends up going on to the championships championship weekend in um, Fort Wayne. Quick note, semifinals in Fort Wayne on Thursday. And then championship is on Saturday with the All-Star game ahead of that. Uh, if memory serves, the, I actually need to double-check the schedule. I believe the All-Star game is going to be about 12 or so. And then the championship games at like four? Am I right? Three? I've actually lost track of those games, believe it or not. Someone can correct me out there. Um, I will be on the call for the semifinals for NCAA, and then we'll be on the call, the D3 Hoops gang in some way, for the all-star game with the NABC. And then the championship will have an audio-only call since Turner has done away with that. By the way, side note, I have not been able to chase this down. I tried to figure out why last year suddenly... Uh, Turner was no longer doing an audio broadcast of the men's championship game. And I'm saddened to say it took me all the way until now to kind of put the pieces together and have the light bulb go off. And I have not called anybody, but I believe what happened was, remember, women are on CBS Sports now as well, but D3 is paying for that. I suspect they probably cut back on the costs of Turner doing the championship game in some capacity. I don't think Division Three pays for that, but I'm sure there's a budget for it somewhere. And they use those costs to pay for CBS to do the game. Not all of it. It's not an equal cost, I, I am pretty sure. But that's just my gut feeling. That just didn't, didn't occur to me. But uh, we'll be doing the broadcast ourselves at D3Hoops.com, audio only. For those of you who cannot get the CBS Sports on your provider of whatever means that is, or if you just want to watch it and listen to us. I don't know who's on the broadcast for CBS as of right now. My gut tells me Mo Cassero will be back as color. Uh, we've had a couple of great play-by-play guys over the years, and I have not checked in with them, this, at least one of them that I know, to see if they're back or not. But we'll try and get you that. We'll alert you on Twitter, should we find out. With that, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will talk to Jenny Walker at NYU. Find out how the Violets are prepping for Trine. Still ahead after that, Trine's head coach Andy Rang will join us. Landry Kalsmalski of Swarthmore will join us. Levi Borshert of Wisconsin Oshkosh. Then Jill Pace of Tufts and Jake Sullivan of St. Joseph's. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA NABC studios. So much more ahead. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. 
The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this Thursday. If you've got questions, again, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can uh, email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. In fact, may have just gotten an email while I was saying that. Nope, I'm mistaken. Um, you can also join us and chat via Facebook and YouTube, where we're simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash hoopsville and youtube.com slash d3hoopsville. NYU women are having a pretty tremendous season. Uh, only two losses on the season. They came in one weekend against Chicago and Wash U to start conference play on the road. They had already played Brandeis, their their partner, but the first true travel weekend, Chicago and Wash U upended them. Um, not great in the Chicago game and by one in the Wash U game, and ever since then they've been on a mission. They got through Greensboro in the first round, and they uh, got past host Messiah rather easily in the second. Remember, NYU not hosting, so this is technically their bod. They're on the road this weekend, going to take on Trine at Transylvania with either Transylvania or, double-checking to make sure we don't get it wrong, Ohio Northern waiting on the other side. What's it all like uh, to be in this point of the tournament and to be playing 
this point of the season? More importantly, what's it like to just be playing Division Three basketball? Well, joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it is Jenny Walker, the senior on this Violets team. And Jenny, I gotta, I gotta imagine for you and your program, it's one thing to be playing well and have a good season. It's another to be at this point in the NCAA tournament knowing you're just a couple of games away from potentially playing for a national title. Absolutely. I think every year we talk about, oh, there's 64 teams, and then the next round, 32. And then when you get to 16 and 8, it gets closer and closer. And, you know, you it gets more exciting and more exciting. And to be playing at this point, I think, is just – it's so fun. Uh, that's There's so much joy in it. You have so many competitors on our team, other teams, just – one and same thing, and to be around them is just—it's it's an awesome environment. I was going to say, is it more fun? Is it more pressure? But you kind of answered that one by saying it's more fun. You know, disadvantages you're—you're you're not going to be able to play any of the games uh, on your home court. But to some degree, your entire career—that—that's been the norm. You're—you're kind of used to always playing somewhere else, aren't you? Yeah, we call ourselves Road Warriors. Uh, freshman <laughs> year, Hunter College, junior year. We were at Tandon and then St. Joseph, St. Francis, and then Tandon this year. Um, it's not something that really phases us. I mean, playing on the road, I think we still bring the same competitiveness. And it's, you know, we have to go on the road for the tournament. It's like another day, another home game, another away game just for us. I do curious, and I don't want to dwell on it, but I am curious, how much did it kind of stink to know you're about to walk onto your own home floor and play your own home games at a brand new facility that had been years in the making that you knew was coming. Everyone's excited. And all of a sudden, right before you get the chance to play there, you can't due to, to some unfortunate circumstance. The court's been ruined. Was that gutting? Was that, a, was that an emotional setback? That kind of time for those two losses, that, that didn't kind of time together on you know, that didn't happen on purpose. It, it wasn't that like you were so distraught you lost the games, right? No, I, that, no, that's <laughs> that. Um, it was, I mean, it was definitely frustrating and disappointing. I mean, uh, NYU did an incredible job with the building. We've seen pictures and videos. It's amazing. Um, but I think, you know, the most important thing is to see our team, you know, disappointed by that and just continue to move on. And, you know, Brooklyn Athletic Facility as little as it is, it's still our home. So disappointing, but um, to be in the tournament, you know, we we kind of love seeing the new g- other gyms, and we kind of love this kind of adventure that we're on in the tournament. Yeah, definitely an adventure. Talk to me a little bit about uh, just the season. Again, you had those two losses uh, early on, or early in the UAA schedule, about midway through the season. We talked to Coach right about the time that those took place. It seemed like you guys licking your wounds a little bit, especially the Wash U loss. What was the mindset in the locker room? What, How did you all approach the rest of the season after those two games? Definitely. I remember after the Chicago and Wash weekend, uh, I told the team the mission's still the same. The goal stays the same. You know, a national championship has been our goal all year, and it doesn't change because of two losses. And they were hard. Wash U and Chicago are great programs. They always have been. Um, and it's great that we – had a loss it's great that we felt that sting because it's a little adversity and it just kind of pushes you and coach barber we were in a tight game with case western she said i don't think we would have won if we didn't have that loss to case so it was this kind of moment of the uaa was tough this year and you couldn't 
really afford to have three, four losses without being in a really tight race for first. So we kind of put our heads down. And after that point, you know, we knew what it was going to take. And I'm really proud of us for just gutting it out and uh, winning it outright. Well, you also avenged those losses to Chicago. One was shocking because that's a good team. And you beat them 80 to 44 and then beat Wash U the next uh, game, uh, 63-60. Granted, this one in New York City, which certainly helped. You said the two losses stung a little. Can you get complacent? Can 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 the season put you in a place where you just think it's always going to work the way it's supposed to work? No, that's not the atmosphere in our in our gym. We this year the UAA my three years in it. This has been the toughest year. You have senior classes at Wash Chicago Rochester. They're starting five. A grad student with four other very experienced seniors. Um, so every weekend was even the teams closer to the bottom, Carnegie, Case, always, yeah. always competitive. Um, complacency was not an option in the UAA, and we knew that because, you know, like I said, we were in a tight game with Case, up five or something at Carnegie. You know, you have to you, – you can't get complacent. This is a tougher year in the UAA, and after a year where only one team made the NCAA tournament, it seemed everybody was on a mission to prove it otherwise. What – you talked about it being a tougher year. What was that like on the court? Was it was it just was it a different type of basketball being played? I think it was experience. Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. the senior classes, those juniors who kind of have more experience, but it was very competitive. You know, um, so I have some friends in the UAA, but even still, there's every time you play a UAA game, you know, there's this competitiveness that. You know, it's a small league, so you get to know everyone. It's not these leagues with, you know, 14, 13 teams that you're playing. You know, you play these teams, two weeks later you see them again. Yeah. And so that, you know, when we played Chicago again and Wash again, you know, that loss was still fresh in our mind. I think it was just very competitive, um, you know, and you know these players. So it, it was a challenge when, you know, they scouted me and they knew what I wanted to do. So we're just always adapting um, they uh, across the board. Well, it also probably has a big target on your back when you were the reigning UAA Player of the Year coming into the season. First team All-Conference, fifth team All-American, a WBCA All-American on top of that. Do you do you notice that difference, maybe even out of conference, where, where they all know who you are? Um, I would say definitely there has been, I wouldn't say, you know, not a difference to me um, and how I play. It never changed how I play, but... You know, definitely right. just double, you know, double teams. But I think a sacrifice that I can make is, you know, if I'm not scoring, I have no problem, you know, passing it off to my teammates and just seeing us adapt to all of it and, you know, recognizing, you know, in practice, my coach say they're probably going to double the post. We need to adapt. Um, but I definitely I definitely did notice. But um, my teammates stepped up in incredible ways um, and we all made up for it. When you look ahead at what you've got for the challenge ahead, trying obviously on Friday and not to look ahead, but it's either Transylvania or Ohio Northern, and you're playing in Lexington, Kentucky on top of that. What what do you expect from this game with trying? What are you guys uh, expecting from a pretty t- you know battle tested team themselves? Yeah, I mean trying's a good school. There's no once you get to the Sweet Sixteen, you know all these teams deserve to be here. Um, they beat Wash too, a com- you know, someone else in our league. I think we're just expecting a good competitive game, you know, and being playing good, solid, disciplined basketball and just 
you're gonna have to want it more you're gonna have to be competitive um it's gonna come down to who wants it more um not you know trying is an excellent program and i'm really excited you know to play a good team they beat hope this year which is awesome um i'm just really excited to see see them and you know play a good competitive game do you want to get out to the lead and hold the lead and keep a team from from catching up or at least forcing them to play from behind or is it okay to be behind and try and play catch up yourself i think it would make everyone feel better on the bench um to have that lead but um it's gonna you know i think our defense turns into offense so i think it would i think it would feel good to kind of jump out to a lead uh i'm sure most people would say the same thing but um when you when you try to play from behind this far into the season you know the digger the 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 bigger the hole you dig the harder to get out of so especially with a great team like trying you know there's the further you get you know you got to be more disciplined tell me a little bit about your team natalie bruns leads the way at 15 points per game believe was conference play of the year 8.3 rebounds as well 74 blocks three blocks per contest pretty sick numbers um, you're third on the team of three who are scoring in double figures. Give me a little sense of who's who and, and what they bring to the table. Yeah, I mean, Natalie Bruns had a terrific year, consistent across the board. She had some awesome games with her blocks, you know. Oh, you know, always feel, you know, it's great to have that person on your team, I'll say. Yes. She's, she's had an incredible year, and it's been so great to see her go from, she was a sophomore last year, to excel as a junior. Bell, most competitive person I know, amazing defender. Um, when she when she just breaks out full speed on the court, it's like no one's catching up to her. Erica Miller, incredible shooter. Brooklyn Shelton, you know she's always doing the little things, the intangible things, and she just has this effect when she's on the court that she's influencing the play. And then Caroline Pepper, great season, UAA Freshman of the Year, um, tall, long, great shooter. Mary Kay Fahey, always, always great. And then just you know the whole team just we have this kind of collectiveness and wanting to win and just always there for each other uh let's talk a little bit about yourself uh according to your bio you're a media culture and communications major at the steinhardt school of culture education and human development and you're apparently maybe minoring in entertainment a uh, business of entertainment media and technology or did you just go for whatever was the longest name possible and went yeah that's great i actually almost double minored and what you better to read something longer but yes um mcc uh abbreviated is a great program so many amazing professors there um and my minor is in the entertainment business i've got to take some schools at the, uh, some classes at the stern school of business which has been really interesting um and it's just been you know when you're in new york city studying media advertising you know having professors that work in the city and just being surrounded by so much media and advertisement has been just an incredible learning experience. I was going to say, what do you hope to do with all of that? I would love to work in, I love, um, you know, somewhere like athletics, basketball. I love advertising and branding. I think that's a direction I'll go in um, with that. Are you hoping to, to continue playing maybe a little bit overseas if you can? I'm not sure. I think I'm really focused on getting to Dallas that would be amazing but yeah um, I love basketball and it will always 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 be in my life yeah I was going to mention uh, Dallas at the end but we'll mention it now it, 
obviously the chance for the women to play at the uh, D1 championships in Dallas for D1, D2, and D3 to all play in the same arena on the same weekend to be involved with all of that. I remember when it was done in Indianapolis, it was absolutely awesome on the women's end. Do you guys have any idea of what that would be like if you can get that far, or do you not let yourself think that far ahead? We, we definitely take it game by game because, like I said, every team, you know, Messiah and Greensboro were both very, very good teams and just kind of focusing on it because, you, like I said, you let up, you know, they pull ahead. So just staying focused, but obviously, you know, we went to the Elite Eight last year and we got so close. We just, you know, and it's that new format. That sounds awesome. I think, you know, how can you not think about that experience and what that would be like? But we are definitely taking it game by game. That Elite Eight run, as you mentioned, uh, I mean, heck of a season last year, finishing 25-2, and two, um, 13 and 13-1 in conference play. Very you know, similar to this, though, you ran into what everybody else ran into in the team named Hope, uh, who said, thank you for playing. Uh, you, can, you can go home now. What was it like, A, to play Hope, as good as they were, especially at that point, and B, to come that close? Has that been driving all of you guys this whole season? To play at Hope was an incredible experience. I mean, when you play the team that wins the national championship, you see what it takes to win a national championship. And I think that is what we kind of take away from it. And you're right, to get so close, you know, if we had won that game, there would be three other teams in between us and a national championship. And it's definitely been a motivation to think about of getting so close and just the emotion of it all, you know, when we won the round of 32 we were we're going we're going to michigan and then when we won the sweet 16 it's like oh my gosh we're in the elite eight and just (laughs) to say that not many people can say that um but you know we remember that and even though we it didn't end the way we wanted it to end it it was a valuable experience for all of us question you're from uh salsalita which for anybody who's not familiar in california is just north of the golden gate bridge and and san francisco a beautiful part of of that section of the area to say the least uh, a little bit jealous because you probably had a hell of a view of the america's cup a bunch of years back when it was raced on the waters what tr- what got you all the way out to new york city though to go all the way to the east coast and to a very different city than san francisco the the coaching staff and i saw i saw you know coach barbara it was her first year when she was recruiting my class and I just saw this kind of dedication and this almost intensity and this like investment in a program. And I thought, you know, it's a really good and exciting time to go to NYU in combination with the academics there. I, I could not say no to that, but just seeing kind of what was being built and really wanting to be a part of it. Uh, it was something that I, I couldn't say no to. And I have no regrets. I mean, after the year last year and what we're having right now, I mean, you know, and to be coached by Coach Barber is just, she's just the, just the way that her mind works and the plays that she thinks of and her dedication is just, it's been an amazing experience. I was going to ask if maybe she was at, in the room with you and you were supposed to say nice things. You don't, you don't have to. You can be honest with us. <laughs> no, no, she's not down here. No, she's not up here. All right. Well, we'll let it go then. Uh, I was really hoping to maybe get the truth, but that's okay. You don't have to give it to us. Hey, uh, what's the plan the rest of the way here? What do you, what's, what's the rest of the night? How do you guys prepping for tomorrow? Uh, we, 
we did well we we came here we had practice at Trans- transylvania got to see the court um definitely worked on scout worked on some of our stuff um now it's just time to recover take care of our bodies take care of our minds get set shoot around tomorrow last um you know adjustments for us for scout all that and then just again getting our mind ready and then you know going out and playing our best and you know hopefully punching a ticket to the elite eight and then well then we tackle transylvania or ohio northern yep exactly then you'll get to them well hey appreciate the time you gave us uh congratulations i know you're busy but i appreciate uh what you gave for us in time and and good luck not only tomorrow, but if the opportunity arises the rest of the weekend. As always, we give the, the uh, guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Um, I just want to give a shout-out to my team. You know, when you get to the Sweet 16 and this far, there's no success without a collective team, without a coaching staff that is incredibly dedicated, Coach Annie and Coach Nettie, incredible scouts, and Coach Barber all prepping us. So I just want to give a shout-out to my teammates because, you know, behind all of individual success is a team that, you know, supports you unconditionally. Well said. Again, congratulations to you and your team, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing how it turns out. And more important, look forward to hearing what you might be doing in your future once maybe all this fun ends. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Jenny Walker joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate the time she gave us. They uh, tip off against trying at 430, that game at Transylvania. When we come back in in, in a, a scheduling moment that I didn't think through, Trines women's coach Andy Rang will join us to talk about those violets of NYU. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete. You're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. 
The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Appreciate the time you're all giving us. If you want to, follow us or ask questions via Twitter at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. We're also on Instagram at D3Hoopsville as well if you want to follow along. Facebook and YouTube as well, youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville and facebook.com slash Hoopsville. And email us, hoopsville at D3sports.com. Uh, we mentioned jokingly that Coach, um, that coach uh, Meg Barber uh, may have been in the room. Turns out she was watching. This is the tweet we got right at the end of the NYU segment with Jenny Walker. It says, Coach Barber's watching, just not in the room. There you can see him watching on the laptop. Pretty funny stuff, to say the least. Appreciate everybody having some fun with that. Uh, speaking of the NYU game against Trine, well, Trine's on the show because apparently that's how I book things these days. I don't think it through. I automatically just put the uh, the matchups up, make it more awkward for everybody. Andy Rang's joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Huddle. He's the head coach of the Trine women's basketball team, who's having a heck of a season yet again. But, Coach, I'll, I'll say this, and it's going to sound a little strange, I realize, for a team that's nationally ranked. I feel like you're a little off the radar this year. Yeah, we're, we're, we're embracing the underdog role here, that's for sure. Um, you know, um, obviously this pod of ours is, is really, really talented teams. And, um, I guess when you get this far, every team's going to be talented, but, uh, we've been kind of the underdogs all year long and, uh, we embrace that and we accept the challenge and, uh, the girls have really responded this year, um, uh, through, through some adversity, through injuries and things like that. But, uh, uh, I'm really excited where we're at right now as a team and the way we're playing. Admittedly, yeah, a little bit of a different season. Listen, Hope took all the headlines last year, um, despite your best efforts. Uh, to, to keep that from happening, they ended up winning the national championship. Everyone was focused on them. Even when they lost this season, Calvin came swooping in to the conference mix and kind of stole a little bit of the thunder. It was funny because I remember talking with some people and it was like, oh, look at Calvin, look at Calvin this, Calvin that. Uh, Hope's not having the typical year, but look at Calvin. And then I went to the rankings. I said, yeah, but why is no one talking about trying? What was it like to get that third team in the mix? Yeah, uh, uh, obviously, you know, Hope's Hope's Hope, you know what I mean? And they, they, they're they they're good every year, and it's going to be a challenge for us every year. But uh, Mark has done a wonderful job at Calvin, and uh, he has um, really kind of restored that a little bit. And obviously um, – you know, with, with uh, Gabby Timmer there with them and coming back for another year, that really, really helped them. But Mark's got a really solid program, and it just helps us. Um, obviously, as you know, when you get to the to this point in the year with scheduling and everything, for, you know, them to be good and other teams in our conference to just continue to get good, like Albion had a great year as well. Um, you know, they beat us and Hope once this year, and – so anytime you can get your, your conference to just get better and better, which I think the MIAA is, at the, um, it really helps that strength of schedule, um, what, the, what the committee is really looking for. 
No, that's very true. Definitely helps that conversation. But even Albion seemed to be competitive this year. We'll back up, though. Look at the start of the season. Baldwin-Wallace gave you guys your first loss of the season in double overtime. And, and then three games later, you lost to Ohio Northern, which, interestingly enough, is sitting on the other side of the spot this weekend. So you start the season 3-2. and two, And for the last few years, that wasn't prototypical. How was the team react? How did you all react to that before taking a few days at Thanksgiving? Yeah, I think um, it reminded us of the year when we, we had Brandy Dawson and Cassidy Williams and that team that, that got beat by uh, Thomas Moore uh, down there on Thomas Moore. We had a really good team. We ranked in the top five that year, and we won't get into why they sent us to Thomas Moore the first weekend. We won't get into that. But um, No comment. Uh, uh, that next year, then, we had one senior on that team, Katie Steers, and we, we we lost a couple games early, needed to find our footing from that great team. And same thing this year. You know, we had a great team last year, made it to the Final Four and losing all those kids. And then, um, you know, we just needed to find our footing and uh, kind of find the rotations of what we needed to do. And, and finally, you know, I tried finally figured out that I probably needed to play Sidney Wagner and Michaela Artis together and, uh, I guess once once I figured that out, uh, as a coaching staff, we, we really kind of flourished a little bit there going forward. But our schedule, I felt really, I felt like we really scheduled really tough this year. And it's one of the toughest, I think, schedules we played at Trine. And our girls really responded because that stretch in December, you know, we went to Hope and played Hope up there, won that game. And then a day later, the next day, we got on a plane and flew to uh, – to St. Petersburg to play in that tournament down there, played Wartburg down there, which is obviously having a great year. Uh, and then we turn around a week later and we go play at DePaul's tournament. We play Eau Claire in the first round. So that was a, we felt like that was a stretch that was really going to kind of bond us together a little bit and see how good we were. And I thought, thought we held up really well during that stretch. Bonding's one word. Uh, I had others. I definitely wanted to ask you because, again, on the 17th, you played Hope, lost by 12. On the 19th, you're down in Florida playing North Park and then Wartburg. You get wins against both, and that Wartburg win, uh, I think, always would have looked big, looked even bigger by the end of the season. And as you said, then took a break for Christmas, headed back up to Greencast- uh, Greencastle, Indiana, uh, somewhat close by, I'll say that tongue-in-cheek, to, to Baw, and took on Eau Claire, lost to them, but then beat Marion before you had to come back and get ready for conference play. That. That might have been the toughest stretch I've seen you all play. And to be honest, that's a stretch that can cause a team to come unglued. Yeah, because, uh, you know, during that stretch, too, um, you know, that's where we lost Sam Underhill. Uh, We lost her in the we lost her in the Eau Claire game. So uh, that was a stretch right then when you're thinking as a coach and as a staff, you're sitting there thinking, how do we replace Sam? How, How do we continue this? But girls have really stepped up and 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 did their job and and we've got some great contributions out of everybody obviously Sydney Wagner's been huge and Michaela Artis has been really really huge but even the unsung heroes like Abby Sainer who as a freshman has really come in as a as a post player and really helped us down the stretch and she's had to grow up pretty 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 quickly after Sam went out and it's just um it's been a real team effort and that's that's kind of the culture we built Dave, it's just, you know, even last year, you know, I, when you looked at our stats, you're looking, well, their, their leading score only, only averaging about 11 a game. But we get contributions from everybody, and that's that's kind of the way we built things around here. You know what I mean? Um, just everybody just 
chipping in and doing their part and and just being a real team. Your lead, oh, I had it, and then I lost it. A little bit more points per game this year from Wagner at 15. Uh, she's played in, in 29 of those games. 12.5 points from uh, Artis, uh, as you mentioned, and, and 11 points from Sam Underhill is what you lost um, after her 13 games. So you've got two in double figures, and obviously other people started to step up, and maybe those two have higher numbers than we would normally see because of Sam's loss. How how much does that take to adjust to? How much does losing a player like Underhill take until you figured it out and you've adjusted and now you can move forward with what you've got? Yeah, Sam, you know, not only scoring, but Sam did a lot for us just overall. She's, you know, back there in the back line of our defense, and she was a great communicator in defense, and, and that's where we really had to figure things out defensively. Because she was that back line person, you know, she'd slide over there when someone's taking the, I mean, ball screen, defense, everything. She's just a great communicator. So losing points and then losing your 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 defensive catalyst was the thing that we really had to to work on. And uh, you know, people thought, hey, they're just going to start Abby, but we 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 kind of kept it small. Um, and at times, we're really small out there. Uh, it's a different kind of look than we were last year, for yeah. sure. As we were really, really long last year, but you know we've had to had to compromise little things, and uh, but the girls have really stepped up. The, uh, Katie Sloniker has done a great job battling in there, undersized, and um, she's done a wonderful job. And then, like I said, Abby Sanders come in and and given us some real minutes. She was really catalyst for our win at Loris last week. God. Uh, the win against Hope in the 2022 section, they beat you twice in the 2023, and you had the loss to Albion. All those helped the program figure out better things. How did the, how did those losses in the second half of the season affect the program moving to get you to where you are now? Yeah, I mean, anytime you lose, you you, you gotta you gotta look and see what kind of adjustments you need to make and what kind of you know things we need to do to to make ourselves better. I think um, the Hope game really, really kind of smacked us in the face there because they really took it to us right away. Um, we kind of clawed our way back in that game, but um, they really, really kind of exploited some things in us. And um, so we really needed to try to adjust to that. And I felt like we did a really good job because we got some wins after that. Um, the Albion game was was one, again, that they, they really, really, really pounded it inside on us and, and uh, kind of hurt us inside. But Again, I was really pleased with the way we battled back in that game. We we took a lead with we 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 hit a three with like seven seconds to go to take the lead, and then they made one at the buzzer. But um, the, the, you know, it, you just kind of always reevaluate where where you're at, especially after losses. And I think this team has really responded um, after losses. I, I think we've really. If you look at our schedule after those losses, we've kind of kind of bounced back after those losses each time, and that's a testament to the resilience of, of, of our kids and and how hard they work and and uh, really wanted to push themselves, obviously, to continue to try to um, you know an MIAA championship, a berth in the NCAA tournament, and all those things that we have done in the past. You know, we talk all the time in our program about leaving your legacy for our seniors, and I think our seniors have definitely done that. Yeah, yeah, I feel bad for Olivet, uh, who was on the other end of the uh, 
of the Hope loss, and I feel bad for Alma, who's on the other end of the Albion loss, beat him by yeah, easily 71-39 and 73-51, respectively. And then Wash U was the one on the other side in round one who you beat uh, after the Hope loss, get to stew on that one a little bit, and you beat him 79-69, a little bit closer, not surprising, in Dubuque, and it set up that game with a really good Laura squad. Um, yes. They got the win, or you got the win by six, uh, and jokingly, uh, Coach has decided to step away from coaching at, at Loris uh, since then. So I don't know if you forced him into retirement or not, but uh, I don't think I don't think I, no, I don't no. think we did that. But <laughs> no, but tell me a little bit about those two foes and and what your team was able to accomplish to get through that weekend. Yeah, obviously, um, the UAA is a, is a re- obviously a really good conference. And for us to be able to compete uh, at a high level like that against a really good Wash U team that's really well coached and got some fabulous players, I felt like we we did a really good job early getting getting up on them early and uh, trying to take away some of their strengths. Um, the inside game, uh, their post player is really athletic, and she she we were able to negate. She got in a little foul trouble, which helped us out a little bit, but. Um, we were able to get they, they made a run at us and we were able to get separation and and I think those games against you know teams like Calvin and and, and those games that um, where it's tight in the fourth quarter and we've got to step up and make plays my team was able to do that obviously against Wash U as well and then the second half against Laura you know we were down nine and a half against Loris yeah. who had a great team and, I, and I'm going to tell you something we played at Hope um, in, in front of 2,500 people and everything like that that crowd at Loris was really, really – it made it just a great college basketball atmosphere. And uh, I got to give kudos to that student section. They were they were ready for us. It was uh, – <laughs> they were ready for us. And uh, But I – I can it, read between the lines. Yeah. Uh, so – but it was a great atmosphere. It really was. And, and, and um, for us to be able to battle back being nine down and just really kind of stifle them in the second half, you know, you just, you, I thought our girls did a, a, a wonderful job um, limiting them to one shot. Uh, um, obviously, we got stop after stop on them. And uh, to be able to keep them off the boards um, and only give up three offensive rebounds in the second half, I thought our, our guards did a wonderful job rebounding, coming down and rebounding and, and doing those things. But, uh, but again, it was a game where I thought late we, ha- we, sh- we, we showed composure uh, we ran things that we needed to run. Execution was really good. And then, obviously, you know, in this time of the year, you got to make foul shots down the stretch to, to ice it. And uh, I thought our girls really did a wonderful job with that. What do you see with NYU ahead of you? Uh, another UAA team, obviously, the, the better of, according to the standings, according to the rankings of the UAA. Obviously, at this point, everybody's good. But what do you expect out of this one in Lexington? They're really good. <laughs> I okay. Mean, I mean, they 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 are really good. It's uh, um, you know, uh, Walker who just had on is a tremendous player. Um, and then Burns outside. I mean, they just they got some height. They're long. They remind me a lot of our team of last year. Just their with their link like that. Um, our team. Um, sure. And so, um, their length is is really good, but they're just really well coached. Um, they, they're going to pose us some problems, but I think we can pose them some problems as well. Um, but, uh, we're going to have to try to, 
try to negate those two the best we can and and uh Hopefully our experience being at Transylvania and in the Sweet 16 um, and the Final Four will, will will help us a little bit. We're kind of used to playing at Transylvania, obviously. We were there last year, uh, so we know what the atmosphere is like, the gym's like. But um, we, got, we, got a t- we got a tough one af- ahead of us, but uh, I think our team's ready for the challenge. I was going to say, if, if you end up getting past them, the rematch uh, potentially in the Elite Eight, of of what was the Elite Eight game last year is is on the horizon, but obviously you got to get past NYU to pull that off. You're a team that averages 70 points per contest and averages just under 53 points on defense. I know defense wins championships, is the saying, but to some degree against a team like NYU, is it more about making sure you also hit your shots because you're only going to have so many chances to to slow them down. I think anytime you play a big game, you got obviously you got to make shots. But yeah, yeah. when you got it, you know, it remind we always, we talk about it a lot when we play Hope. You know, right? When you get your shot, you got to knock it down against Hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and there's been some times we've been able to do that against Hope. There's other times we haven't been able to do that. But obviously, uh, I, when you get to this point in the season, it, it really helps when shots go down and you shoot it well. <laughs> and uh, um, so we're hoping that that uh, Transylvania we feel like is a shooter's gym. Um, obviously, Transylvania makes a lot of threes there, so uh, hopefully we can make a make a few and uh, and just you know try to just um, really get to the fourth quarter and and have it a contest and hopefully our uh, our poise and our relentlessness will will win out in the end for sure. Well, it should be a great game to watch. Gets things going there on Friday. A heck of a way to get things going on Friday, with that being the first game. Look forward to watching from where I will be, and uh, good luck. Uh, it should be a good one, and, and they're all good ones. Jeez, I, I don't know what else to say. I think it'll be fascinating to see it how it all plays out. This tournament is, uh, I'll tell you what, It's uh, I tell people all the time, Dave, it's one of the hardest tournaments to get into, period, yeah. for one. Uh, and then if you continue to advance, it just gets harder and harder. And as I look at these 16, 16 teams that are left, there's there's a lot of really, really, really good ones. And yeah. we got, uh, I think, four really good teams here in Lexington. Oh, no, Lexington is bonkers. Uh, I can't wait to see how it all plays out. And, and anyone's guess, to be honest with you. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word, though. Any final thoughts you want to share with those before we send you off? Yeah, I got two real quick. I publicly want to thank my my coaching staff, Rob Hoffman and and Craig Taylor, who just worked their butts off countlessly to to make our program better and better. And I couldn't do, and our girls couldn't do what we do without those two for sure. And then lastly, I want to uh, publicly thank my president, Dr. Earl Brooks, who is retiring in May. Uh, he has been wonderful for Trine University. He's done so, his leadership has transformed that campus. It is He is a, a big supporter of our athletic department, a huge supporter of our women's basketball, and he's been a huge supporter of mine. And I can't thank him enough, and we're really going to miss him at Trine University. Yeah, I wish a president like him would end up at my alma mater, but I digress. <laughs> hey, uh, good words, to say the least. Uh, congratulations on his retirement. And uh, coaching staff's always – a good coach always needs a good coaching staff, as uh, I think sure. Loris may have proven today. Hey, thanks, Andy. Appreciate the time. Take care of yourself. Good luck this weekend. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road sometime. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. Andy Rang joined
All of you didn't hear any of that. Try that again. Yes, they will be facing off against, uh, thanks again to Andy Rang for joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. They will be facing off against um, NYU 430. The other side of that is Trinity versus Ohio Northern. That Those two games will meet up on Saturday uh, at, uh, at Transylvania, and obviously the chance to go to Trinity, Connecticut for the Final Four is on the line. Um, We'll take another break. When we come back, Swarthmore men's basketball coach Landry Kulzmowski joins us to talk about his Garnet, another team that maybe was flying a little bit under the radar this season. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC Studios. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoop Souls. We pivot now towards the men's game a little bit. Swarthmore Garnet, seventh ranked in the D3Hoops.com top 25 ahead of the tournament, has got a rematch with Keene State. This is a Swarthmore team that arguably may be under the radar a little bit with others getting the attention throughout the land. A team that maybe didn't start the season as strong as they had hoped, but have certainly been playing really well later in the year. Earlier today, I got a chance to sit down with Landry Kozmalski to talk it all over. Now joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it is Landry Kozmalski, the head coach of the Swarthmore Garnet, on to the Sweet 16 yet again. Coach, thanks for taking the time, and congratulations. It's It's been a pretty amazing season in, in many ways. You've got to be thrilled that you guys are on the second weekend of the tournament now. 
Yeah, we've got a we've got a good group. I mean, I think early in the year, you know, I, I I told them the other day, I was like, I don't know how good we are. I thought, you know, in like mid December, um, and that, to their credit, I mean, they just they just kept getting better, kept working, um, and now you know, I'm like, this is one of the best teams we've ever had. So uh, we like our group. It's a good, really good group from you know senior to freshman. So um, we're excited about the opportunity this weekend. Admittedly, I felt the same way about the team, not in a critical way. I just, I think early on, I wasn't sure how good you guys really were or weren't. You had some fascinating results that I think you held Rowan to the lowest uh, point total in a game that they've had. It was game one. You beat them 71 70. Uh, you got a win over Wesleyan, which was certainly impressive. You know, the Widener game kind of caught everyone by surprise. I'm sure it caught you guys by surprise. And, you have an overtime game against Muhlenberg. That that beginning stretch was fascinating with just results I don't think even we understood. Yeah, that, that's what I told the guys. That, I mean, Widener was uh, – we were disappointed after that loss. I mean, they're a great team, but they beat us two years in a row, so we were disappointed again this year. And then we go to DeSales, who had a terrific year, and we we had to just, like, squeak it out at the end. And then we have Muhlenberg down like 18 and they come back and tie it. And we go to OT and then the same with Haverford. We were up like yeah. 15, 16 and they took a big lead in the second half and we had to uh, claw our way back. So yeah, that little stretch there, I think is probably why we, where we are now is I think we just uh, fought our way through it, made us a little stronger. And um, at the time I just was like, you know, despondent. Uh, and now I'm like thankful, you know, I'm glad this happened. We needed this experience. Ah, uh, the life of a coach, to say the uh, least. <laughs> for sure. Uh, the other note that I thought was you caught Susquehanna at the right time, because I think Susquehanna, by the end of the year, may not have been a team anybody wanted to face. Um, but then you turn into the new year, and I remember seeing Franklin and Marshall uh, at the D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas, and I thought to myself, geez, this is a fourth team now in the Centennial that's going to be a beast. And they certainly came out with some momentum. You You had a double overtime, absolute bonkers of a game with them. And I felt like... That was the turning point because you got Hopkins the next game. You get a win over them. You 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 now take over first place in the conference. You've got a little bit of breathing room, and I do emphasize the word little bit. And you make a nice kind of not coast, but you you kind of work your way up to the second Hopkins game, just building on everything. That seems to be where a lot of the confidence was kind of building for you guys. Yeah, you know, as you're describing it now, I kind of makes sense why this year's been you know so tiring. I think for for our staff is just like, as you said, I mean, FNM double overtime, it took a lot out of us. Um, and yeah, the first round of conference, we were really good. Uh, we did lose to Hopkins the second round. Uh, we lost a really good Gettysburg team, the last regular season game um, on their senior day. And uh, we were just, we, they played really well and we were just, we did not come to play, um, but we've learned from that. And um Again, you know, all those early season struggles, the Gettysburg loss, you just kind of learn from them and it makes you a little bit better if you allow it. Allow it to. <laughs> that Gettysburg game, it's funny because I was talking about that with some others. I unfortunately couldn't make it to that one. And they get the win, which, you know, pretty impressive. They get into third place in the conference. And I sat there going, they they don't really want to play Swarthmore next. Like that might have been a mistake beating the Garnet. Because while they've got to play a conference game to set up a game with you guys in the tournament, you guys get to sit there and stew. And I felt like you stewed well. <laughs> we were definitely stewing. Um, well, I, I told the team, I think we all felt like caged tigers. It was just kind of <laughs> let us out. 
we have to wait because you know you wait six days that's i mean you're used to playing every three days you, you wait six and you're kind of miserable by about wednesday thursday and we were, <laughs> and luckily we handled it the right way uh on that friday against them you shot 61 percent for the game i know the shooting percentage was higher at one point every game tends to fall off by the end but 61 percent for the game six of 12 from beyond the arc um you out rebounded them you had um, 16 assists to their four. There were all kinds of things that clearly showed you're stewing, and that looked like a nice that coupled with the Hopkins loss. And let's admit, two seasons where they nipped you in the conference championship on your court seemed to set up an absolutely circle the calendar championship game in the conference title at Hopkins. And I saw a picture of you. I think we even featured it on the picture uh, that we send out saying you're on the show. Your the look on your face and the excitement on your face when you guys had clinched that victory at Hopkins said it all. That that thing felt like that was brewing for a while. Yeah, you know, I think that my reaction you saw, which I haven't, I don't know which picture you're describing, but um, I think it was less about the past two years. Although we did use that as motivation, um, and it was more about you know the way we came back and won that game. Yeah. Just, as a coach, that's your best feelings. Like you know, your guys were resilient. They handled adversity. Um, they they didn't fragment for a second despite being down 36 minutes of the game. You just this is really just a lot of pride um, in our players rather than you know uh, we beat Hopkins when they beat us twice. I, it was just it's kind of overwhelming, quite frankly, because it was done in such uh, dramatic fashion. Yeah, fair point. Uh, the one I uh, we saw was you hugging your assistant coach. You just had a big grin on your face of excitement. Last season, you lose to Hopkins in the conference title game. You lose in the first round to a really good Keene State team uh, at home. I have a feeling that was on your minds because you made sure Delhi had no chance, and then you made sure St. John Fisher had no chance, 101 points in that game. Tell me a little bit of the mentality of that first weekend. Um, you know, I think we talked going into the NCAA tournament about how we handled the week after Gettysburg, the Gettysburg loss mm. uh, with a lot of um, motivation. Um, and we said, now we've got a conference tournament title this next week. Can we, are we mature enough to handle it the same way oh. um, and not need to stew and get mad and, you know, have that kind of um, outburst, but just kind of like use it as momentum. And our guys did that, you know, they handled it really well. Like, Hey, now we're playing well. Now we're, we're going to keep it going. Like we're urgent to keep it going. Um, so that was what we talked a lot about was urgency. Um, and we've talked about that this week is, you know, it's kind of the similar situation. We've got a great opportunity um, and uh, we want to keep playing together. So our urgency and practice is weak. Uh, you know, we haven't let our foot off the gas. We're, we're just trying to stay urgent so that we uh, perform well tomorrow and um, Saturday, hopefully. You get to be home another weekend when you got the when the brackets were released, you were sitting in that number two spot, essentially of the overall bracket, sitting in the power spot on that right-hand side, which basically said everything equal. looks like you'll be home a second weekend. That's a huge advantage for any team. I'm assuming you guys are enjoying that while knowing the task in hand is hard. You don't have to deal with the travel side of it. Yeah. You know, I heard you say that on the selection show that we were kind of getting like the number two treatment. I, I don't really know how all that works. I probably should. Um, I knew we were hosting the first round. We knew we had to focus on the first weekend um, we were grateful to be hosting this weekend. Um, and then we're just kind of focused on the games. You know, I, I don't really know why that was decided. Um, although I do think our, you know, our record and who we've played against this year, we had a good strength of schedule. I mean, I think it speaks for itself, but 
Um, I think Keen could have an argument that they could have hosted him. Obviously, they've had an outstanding year. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, I mean, tomorrow is going to be two great teams playing each other. Um, four great teams, actually. You know, Nichols yeah. and um, Stockton being the first game. So um, it's just going to be a really fun afternoon and evening of basketball. No, I agree. Rematch with Keene State. We'll talk about your team in a second, but a quick rematch with Keene State. Um, from last year's first round, as we mentioned, the loss at home. It's again at home against Keene State. Do you can you look back at last year's game and and what worked, what didn't work, how it didn't come together at all when you look at this year's version? Well, wait, can you can you restate that? Well, last can you part? can you use last year's game? Look at the scout, look at the tape, look at how you all played, and use it in any way moving into today. You know this coming game, knowing that you've got a similar opponent, or is it is it because it's a year later and a lot of things have changed? Is it that game didn't exist and we, we've got to scout this team and we need to understand what we're doing versus anything you did or didn't do last year? Yeah, no, it's a good, good question. A good point. And I think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, now we know them a little better from having played them, which, you know, most teams outside your conference, you don't. True. Um, they last year were tremendous. We left with so much respect uh, for their coaching staff and their team. Um, and they, you know, they lost the next day. But yeah. since then, as you look at this year, they've kept the momentum going and they've had just, again, a terrific year. Um, so we're taking some stuff we learned last year, but also they, while they have a lot of the same parts, um, they've definitely improved in a lot of areas and made themselves better. Uh, so we're going to, we're trying to use our knowledge from last year while also preparing for the team they have this year. So it's a little bit of both. Yeah, no, makes sense. I appreciate that, that thought and that. Uh, perspective this is a got seniors on the team but when you look at the stats it's a bit of a young team um you're led by a junior in, in uh Vinny uh D'Angelo you've got um other pieces that are not necessarily the seniors that are getting you along the way though Visconti certainly is a senior second on the team in scoring so you've got that one-two punch while there's a lot of guys who can come back next year there's a lot of guys who won't so there's an interesting dynamic here a little pressure to get it done now for that class who's still around. Yeah, and I, I think I, I, I kind of hesitate to speak for our seniors, but I, I don't think they feel as much pressure um, as just kind of, um, you know, I, I don't think they they just want to keep playing. You know, that, that this year's group is different than last year's, uh, like, like every year is different. And this team is really tight. Uh, they really support one another, led by our seniors. Um, and I think they're going to do everything in their power to – try to ensure that we keep playing. So, um, you know, as far as like thinking about losing them, I definitely don't want to think about that today because I'll get a little bit um, depressed. Sure. But uh, they, they, I think they're, again, they're just excited to be playing. And, and the senior class, the three guys that have been here for four years, the two guys that joined them, you know, that are really just only a third year in the program due to COVID – um, you know, they, they've got a lot of experience in uh, postseason play. I mean, the, George Visconti and Julian Levin and Colin Shaw were on our team that lost in the national championship game. Right. So they've been to Fort Wayne. They've been to the Sweet 16. Um, so I, I think they're they're ready to go and they know what to expect. Per that, is there still some of an adage of unfinished business? Because, again, you got to that national title game, uh, lost to Oshkosh in a, in a heck of a, of a run for you guys as a program in 2019. 2020, looking really good. COVID pulled the plug. You guys had to have a different year the next year, 
as and then you finally get back in. And as you said, you got three seniors who were in that. Does it still feel, even if we're years removed of unfinished business, that you're still trying to complete? Or is it all new at this point that, you know, we've got an established program. This is what we do. 2019 was one thing, and this is 2023. Um, well, not to sound like a broken record, but I, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, okay. I mean, I think every every team that's playing right now, their goal is to win a national championship. Right. Um, we were close, you know, one year and the next year we thought we were had a chance to be closer. Probably closer, yeah. Um, yeah, we had a really good squad. Uh, but that, like you said, it was a long time ago. And I think it's just more like this team is unique. Um, and they're just like, we've got our own um, goals this year, different than in years past. And the guys on this team, the freshmen that are new and the seniors who have been here a while, are, we're all trying to you know accomplish those goals together. So I think that it's, um, I think there's just a, they remember that, but I think it's more like, let's do this with this team kind of feel. Yeah, it just feels weird. It's, it is a, a bit of time ago, but because of COVID, it feels in the historical perspective, like it's not a lot of time. So I, I'm curious that dynamic. Tell me a little bit about the the individuals. We, You know, you talked about the senior class and the junior class, but tell me what Vinny D'Angelo is bringing to the table and George Visconti. We talked about Michael Caprice and Colin Shaw and all of those guys. How do they play off one another? How are they as a unit? What it, What makes them so good on not only offensive end, but geez, defensively, you're only allowing 65 points. This is a whole whole floor effort. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I, we're a lot better defensively than we thought we were going to be at the beginning of the year. I, I, I joked with our coaches early in the year. I'm like, we're going to have to score like 85 to win, you know, like, and we have the firepower to do so. Well, um, yeah, 101. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but I think they've really, I mean, it really surprised us in a pleasant way defensively, just kind of. In that, like George and Colin, and, and George specifically has come a long way defensively since his freshman year. Colin's always been pretty solid. George has really improved. So now they're kind of, um, you know, our defensive stalwarts. And and then um, our, our two freshmen who play have pretty good feet and pretty good toughness. Uh, that's Cal uh, Hansen and Eddie Paquette. And then in our bigs, protect the paint. I mean, we just kind of, it kind of all came together. Um, but they, we do it. I think different years past, we're kind of doing it more of like as a team than individual guys stopping the best player. Tell me a little bit about the buzz on campus. You know, we've talked about how the program has kind of changed the perspective of athletics in a grand scheme. Women's basketball has started to improve, and you've seen some other sports heading in that direction. Obviously, the glory days is of the football team, um, you know, way back in the day and its glory. But things have changed since then what what's the what's it like on campus it looked like you had a great first weekend of attendance is is this a buzz thing yeah i mean our department as a whole as, as you touched on has just gotten so much better since i've been here i mean our, our men's soccer team volleyball yeah. softball baseball i mean we just had and i'm sure i'm leaving people out you mentioned women's basketball and they've done great under dawn grant our new coach like there's just i mean everyone in the department is just really working to get better and it's a great problem to have, you know, like when I was first here, you know, you like, can we get waiver in time? And like, yeah, it's wide open. And now it's like, no, field hockey's in here and softball and I, everyone's, they're working, you know, I and mean, people are yeah. really working and and uh, the results show it. Um, so I think there's a, a, a good friendly competition amongst teams, like, you know, who's going to have a great year, who's going to represent well. Um, so that's a healthy environment to be in for sure. And you mentioned our crowd last week, you know, I don't know if you know, but we went on spring break Friday. So a lot, most of our students weren't even here um, and probably won't be this weekend. So it's kind of tough timing to host back-to-back yeah. -back weekends. But 
Um, but the community showed out. I mean, it was incredible last week. You know, we sold out this weekend on Wednesday. So it's going to be it's going to be a great place to watch a couple games uh, tomorrow. Touch on the conference, if you don't mind. It's been you guys and Hopkins for a while at the top. And we are starting to see now an evolution. Muhlenberg started getting to play. We started to see FNM, as we saw, barring the injury that kind of derailed their season. Even her sinus is starting to mix back in. I know I'm a little biased, but obviously Gettysburg is is back in the mix. They had a really strong finish to the season. Even McDaniel is starting to show some signs. This conference isn't just the two of you at the top anymore. This is getting deeper and deeper, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it shows. I mean, with us and Hopkins being in the Sweet 16, you can tell the kind of teams we played against this year. And I remember back in the day just learning so much from getting – our heads beat in by, you know, FNM and Hopkins and, uh, you know, Coach Robinson and Coach Nelson. And, um, you know, that that's kind of evolved a little bit. But as you mentioned, Gettysburg has gotten – they're outstanding. BJ's done a great job, and they're very talented and very young still. Um, you know, FNM, Nick has done a great job there um, in, you know, kind of continuing what Coach Robinson had. And as you mentioned, they had a tough injury or they might have finished a little higher – um, but I think I, I kind of hope nationally people start taking notice. I mean, Hopkins and I, Hopkins and Swarthmore aren't the only two teams in our conference. I mean, it's very strong. Um, you mentioned Muhlenberg or Sinus as well. I mean, it's just a strong conference top to bottom. Kind of hope to see in the years to come that, you know, maybe we get some more teams in because I think we would make a make. I know those teams that they got an opportunity would make some noise as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Heck, Frank and Marshall made a plenty of noise over the Christmas holiday. Um, by dismantling the two teams that they faced in two great games. And we know that that's just where everything's developing and headed. Hey, I appreciate the time. I know you're busy. You got a lot on your plate hosting, not only coaching this weekend, but also all the responsibilities of everybody being there. So I appreciate the time you found to give us it. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? I would just say any fan watching this weekend, um, I think if you choose to tune in, you'll just see like, it's the best time of year for a reason. I think you got a lot of seniors playing for their basketball lives and the games are, you know, you feel like you're playing your absolute best the whole year, but when you get to this weekend and beyond, you, you see teams just at, at a whole nother level and it's really enjoyable. Uh, you know, I kind of wish I could be a fan and just watch it sometimes, but um, it's just, I think it's going to be a really um, competitive uh, weekend. And I think anyone that, choose to tune in they'll see that for themselves and and maybe be uh be hooked no oh, well said uh it's definitely competitive some bonkers good games on paper leading up this weekend looking forward to it well good luck this weekend i hope to see you maybe in fort wayne if not i know i'll run into you down the road thanks for the time we'll talk soon okay thanks dave Lander kosmoski joining us on the huddle thanks to coach uh <laughs> kosmoski sorry my brain just froze there for joining us. Appreciate him taking the time to do that. If you got questions for us, join us on Twitter at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. YouTube at YouTube.com slash D3Hoopsville. You can email us, Hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Did you get all that? I would say there's a test, but right at the bottom of your screen is a uh, little cheat for anybody who's watching us live. Uh, not to, not really to save some time, because we ran a little bit longer there, Coach uh uh, Kozmowski's conversation went longer than I thought it did. Uh, we're going to not take a break and pivot right away. Um, Wisconsin Oshkosh are into the Sweet 16. They've got a bonkers of a game against Rowan coming up here on Friday. 
those games all taking place at Mount Union, where the uh, Raiders will be taking uh, facing off against North Park on the other side. So a really good battle of uh, an NJAC school and a Central Ohio school and a Wisconsin school and a CCIW school all taking place pretty conveniently, um, where I think most could get to without having to fly. Not all. To talk about it all, we're going to turn to the uh, Titans, as it were, of Oshkosh. And when I realized this earlier today, this might be the first time that we've had a repeat student athlete on the show. I'm not sure for absolutely sure, but it feels that way. Joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, once again, is Levi Borscher, the the, uh, head coach. No, uh, we gave you a title bump there. Uh, The senior from the Titans of Oshkosh. First and foremost, congratulations on the second weekend of the of the tournament and thanks for for joining us we really appreciate it yeah thank you thanks for having me on the show um a little different than last year right i mean you guys are a little bit more seasoned at this point despite the 2019 season being a national championship this team for that matter is you know a little bit far from that point you guys are a little bit more comfortable now you guys are a little bit more at home you're into the second weekend do you guys feel a little bit more at ease uh I don't know about at ease necessarily, but yeah, it feels like this team is experienced and we are. We have a lot of older guys that have played in big games and, um, you know, we, we returned a lot of our rotation. We lost a couple of guys last year, but returned most, which is nice. But yeah, I think having that experience, not necessarily, like I said, ease, but uh, just makes it easier, yeah. I can imagine. Um, this is a team that dominated the WIAC. It was really interesting because I thought the conference was a little bit more topsy-turvy than I was used to. usually get a couple teams that kind of separate themselves at the top as tough as that conference is, and then everybody else was kind of a, a free-for-all. This year it was all, just you. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just the Titans. Uh, after you guys uh, got past, uh, who was it? Um, Eau Claire on January 4th. It seemed like it was just the Titans show the rest of the way. Did it seem strange that you were the only ones who weren't taking hits left and right, at least until the conference tournament? Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah. I mean, it was weird. It's not when you say that we Did we lose Levi there for a second? See if he comes back. Teams out here. I mean, oh, if you look at our record, you can't, you can't, you know, like you said, we kind of separated ourselves throughout the season, but we had close games with lacrosse. We had close games with Platteville. We uh, split with Eau Claire. Both games with Whitewater were pretty close, and we ended up losing to Whitewater in the conference championship, like you said. So despite our record at the end, it was it was a pretty you know tough season. After the tough season schedule. you guys had last year, 23-4, and four, um, you finished – in the tournament in the second round to Case Western, who knocked you off 77-74 at your place. Was there was there a bit of, we have unfinished business, this is not how we wanted that season to be remembered? It, was that a driving force in the offseason and then throughout this year, or was that packed away and, and done away with and, and moved forward fresh and clean? I think we tried our best to flush it, but yeah, after, I mean, my freshman year, we lost in the round of 32, and then... Last year we lost in the round of 32. So there was a couple of guys that, you know, went through that. So, yeah, we tried to flush it. But at the same time, you're thinking, like, you know, our team is capable of more than making it past the round of 32, we thought. 
And throughout the whole summer, our whole team invested so much. And throughout the season, whether it was like the weight room or just getting extra shots up and investing in each other as well off the court. So I think we had higher expectations than, you know, getting past that round of 32. You had those high expectations, but started the season two and two. I know we talked to Coach Lewis about this a couple of weeks back, but kind of interesting your take on it. Uh, you got the win over Lawrence, but then Calvin tripped you up by three. Then you got the win over Hope, and then St. Uh, Joseph beat you pretty soundly, 60-44 uh, in Aberdeen. Now you got you got that back with a win against Nebraska Wesley in, in the next game, but what, was that the start you guys anticipated, and how do you keep it from – spiraling from there how do you reset everything and get back to business yeah i mean i think after that you know we think it was marion and then eau claire i think we might have had back-to-back losses and i think it was after that eau claire loss we just we had to regroup ourselves and we knew there there was better basketball that we had to be played and i think everyone like in our locker room knew that so we just did our best to you know, keep that in our mind, take it day by day, and not try to look, not try to look back and say, oh, we have, you know, this many losses, we lost to these teams. And um, I think that helped us a lot, just trying to focus in on the day by day more than, you know, the overall season or the overall record. Well, it certainly helps. You hear coaches say it all the time, taking it game by game, day by day. We joke about it being coach speak, but there's a, there's a reason behind it. We certainly understand that. Um, you guys certainly played well as we talked about since eau claire you went you know undefeated until whitewater chipped you up in the conference tournament is that now motivating you here because Fontbon, uh you unceremoniously dispatched and then you got a rematch with hope we'll talk about the hope game in a bit but is is our games like the whitewater game capable of motivating you or is it more of like a wake-up call to remember how you got to do things to to get victories yeah, I mean, I'd say, I'd say maybe motivating is a good way to put it. We were on a streak, and you know, we, we ended up getting a snap by Whitewater, and now you see Whitewater's in the Sweet 16, so definitely not a, not a loss to hang your hang your head about. But um, yeah, just like a time to refocus. It was right before the national tournament, and you know, we thought we had a solid chance getting in, and we did. So it was a good chance for us to refocus, and I think that's what we did the week before uh, Fontbonne and Hope. And I think that showed in our games last week. So, Hope was interesting. 51-50, looking through the season, I don't think you came that close to scoring so few points. Uh, the exception was the Eau Claire game, 51-48. You mm-hmm. got the win, 51-50. That's more than 20 points under your average. I'm assuming that wasn't the game plan. I'm assuming you all expected to score higher and you just got pulled into a defensive battle. How, how do you play or how do you mentally take a game on where you're not playing the style you want to play but you still got to get the victory yeah uh well we knew hope was a good defensive team i'd say we you know hang our hat on our defensive end we really pride ourselves in that as well so i think going into the game we thought it might be a defensive battle and that's what it ended up being but yeah they they're longer than most teams we played, and we ended up finding a way to win. But, yeah, they, they gave us some defensive defensive looks that maybe we're not necessarily used to like with their <laughs> length. But, yeah, I guess it's all that matters that we won. You ended up playing 39 minutes, went 6 of 11 in that game, and scored 12 points. Uh, Will Mahoney coming off the bench scored 23. So, in other words, combined, the two of you scored 35 of the team's 51 points. Nobody, uh, If we add in Jonah, he had 8 points. 
Nobody else had more than two. It puts a lot of pressure on on a handful of players. I'm assuming that's not what you want either. When you look at the at the team stats, you got four guys in double figures. Yeah, I mean, I think that kind of goes to show how deep our team is this uh, how deep our team is this year. Uh, like if that's another thing I think that's maybe different than past teams I've played on is if you look at our team and how deep they are. Uh, you know, earlier in the year, Cole Booth was starting. He ended up getting injured. Uh, Quinn subbed in for him, and he had some big games throughout the season. I think, if I remember right, the first game Quinn started was versus lacrosse, which is a big-time matchup, and I'm pretty sure that was a game he had 30-something. So Quinn came in and stepped up. Wills had some huge games. Um, I'm going to forget some people, but Carter Thomas off the bench. Obviously, Cole's been huge, but took a step back when he got uh, injured as far as minutes, and now he's working his way back into his – uh, minutes, but there's just so many guys that help our team succeed and just like on any given night will step up. And I think that's also a, you know, head, head nod to our scout team too. Our scout team gives us such a good look before all of our games, which is awesome. And I feel like a lot of, not a lot of teams have that luxury of having mm-hmm. good guys in their scout team, which is awesome for, you know, the week before games and, you know, days leading up to games when they can give us really good looks. To give Quinn his, Quinn his due, he actually got his first start against Whitewater and scored 13 on 6 of 10, but then lacrosse was the next game, yeah. five-point win, and got 30 on yeah. 8 of 12 shooting, 5 for 6 from beyond the arc, 9 for 9 from the free throw line, taking advantage of his opportunities, to say the least. Yeah. Um, hey, listen, you're averaging 15 points a game. You shoot 55% from the floor, 24% from beyond the arc. Listen, we could talk about the free throw shooting a little, maybe, you know, 54%. But it made up for it in, in the fact you're a double-double guy with 11 rebounds and two assists per game. But how much how much of a hard time do you get from the coaching staff about those uh, charity stripe ones? Oh, man. Yeah, I, I've been working out I'm in the gym, gym a little bit more with co- uh, coaches that work on it. But, yeah, I'm sitting at dinner the other night, and we have, we're in these booths. And just someone from the community – he didn't even know I was behind him, but he was talking about me, and he goes, yeah, I, they were talking about the Titans, like, yeah, you're shooting 50% from the line. And I was like, oh, geez, there's not even that not even that many weeks left in the season. I got to work on it when the random community members are talking about it when I'm at dinner. But, yeah. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that's not, that's not comfortable, right? Yeah. And then when he, I just ducked my head when he walked out. I didn't want to talk about it. But, yeah, they're, no, they're pretty good about it. Just – in the gym more work on. I don't blame you, but I, I could. I, I almost want to get up and be like, uh, "Hey, I got it. I'm heading there now. Got it. Hold on. <laughs> Just throw him really off." Yeah. Um, what do you guys expect of Rowan? This is a team that doesn't score 50 points a game. That that that's not what they do. They like to go up tempo. They like to be a little bit higher paced. They're from the NJAC. You're not as familiar. It's two battles of two state school institutions from state school conferences. What what do you know about Rowan? Yeah, uh, like you said, they're gonna they're gonna play fast. They want to take quick shots, and I think they want to force you to do stuff defensively. They want to do stuff on defense that forces us to do different things offensively. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think we're both gonna give each other different looks that we're both not used to, and. Um, yeah, we've been scouting him all week, watching lots of film, trying to prepare our best for him. And, yeah, we'll see how those defensive looks. And I mean, I feel like, our, like again, our scout team is doing a really good job at trying to push the pace on us and make us do uh, things in offense uncomfortably. So I think, I think we're prepared. 
Well, it'll be a good battle, to say the least. The game, of course, taking place at Mount Union and Alliance. The other side of that is either Mount Union um, or, as we mentioned earlier, it is uh, North Park. I know you're not looking that far ahead, but what would it mean to get this program, if you can, through the weekend and back to Fort Wayne? Yeah, uh, we're just focused on winning tomorrow. We really are. We we haven't talked anything about North Park or Mount Union. We just we just really want to be rolling. Sure. No, I appreciate that. I had to ask. I had to try. Yeah, no, hey, uh, sure. this is this will wrap it up too. Senior year. Um, you mentioned you reminded me earlier uh, a finance major. What do you what What are the plans post graduation? Yeah, so I'm I'm from about thirty minutes north of Oshkosh. I'm from the girlfriends from the Appleton area. Both of our families are so. In May, when I graduate, we uh, we're gonna go on a foreign trip. Actually, as a team, we go on a foreign trip every couple of years. So. Yep. On a foreign trip, and then when I get back from there, I think I'm just gonna move back to the Appleton area with uh, my girlfriend, move closer to my family. Get a Do you have a job lined up? Do you want to continue playing in any way? Uh no, I don't think I'm gonna play in any way. Just move on, start start my uh, start my big boy job. But uh, no, no, no uh, written job offer, verbal job offer. I uh, entered a place over the summer, but. Um, Nothing and nothing written in stone yet. Sure. Well, hey, it's it's everybody's career eventually comes to a close. It's just a matter of when and whether you do it on your own terms or somebody else does it on your terms for you. It's nice that yeah. you have your own terms, and I congratulate you for that. That's pretty darn impressive. Um, I I know there's there's a lot of pressure as a Titan to to do well and to repeat what 2019 is, but I I know at the same time it's all about the joy of the game. How much is the game still joyful for you? Yeah, I mean, when our team is just so fun to be around. Um, we just spend so much time with each other on the court, obviously, but off the court, hang out, do a ton of stuff together. Um, it was, it's been awesome that we've, you know, I don't know how many more games we've earned now. This is the third game, I think, extra that we've earned. And if you count the WEAC tournament, we guess we earned three there. So um, just trying to keep the team together as long as possible and keep having fun while doing it. By the way, who's older, you or Coach Lewis? I think Coach Lewis has me beat by a little bit. A little bit, okay. I wasn't sure. He's such a young guy. Yeah, he is. He is. Is he in hiding in the room? And you got to be speak nice of him. Ah, uh, no, he's not. He walked out. <laughs> Let's go. Well, in that case, good. We can get the good stuff on him. I'll give it. Give us the dirt. What? What's there? Something funny about Matt Lewis that we don't know? Oh man, Matt Lewis. What's funny about him? Uh, sometimes when we're, we'll be on the we'll be on the way home from like a long road trip, and it'll be you know twelve or one a.m. and he'll we'll go to the gas station to buy stuff, and he'll be getting caffeine and to stay up longer to watch film. And we'll be all, we'll be walking out with like a milkshake or like I don't know candy or a drink, and he'll be walking out with caffeine. Yeah, that's a little that's sick, isn't that? It's a little on the on the sick side. I don't know. I mean, it works. So yeah. Well, you're successful. You're right. It does work. I'll give you that. Yeah. He mentioned the uh, foreign trip. By the way, last time he was on, we joked because the last time he went to Paris, he got in, he got the interim tag removed and became the head coach of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you guys are on a trip, and he knew he wanted to bring you back to some of those places, including Paris. Are you all worried there may be some significant? change in the titans program while you're all away does someone need to stay at home to make sure everything stays okay wow no i haven't thought about that does there need to be a designated survivor as it were to keep the program where it needs to be while you're all enjoying the trip 
I don't know, but now that you brought that up, maybe I'll think about it a little bit more. Well, uh, let us know which freshman you end up deciding needs to stay back. Okay. I'll think <laughs> or Matt it. Lewis, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Levi, I appreciate the time. Great to chat with you. So much fun. Uh, thanks for coming on a second time. It was so much fun to have you on last year. Thanks to coming on again this time. Good luck this weekend. Good luck in your future as well. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuned in? Uh, no, I don't think so, but thank you again for uh, having me. Maybe, I don't know how, maybe a third time recurring guest. I don't hey, know. You how never know. Cool. Yeah. You never know. Stay in touch. We'll find a way, maybe. Maybe if we need to replace Matt Lewis, we'll get you on there. All right. Sounds good. Hey, Levi, take care of yourself. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks. Bye. Levi Borscher joining us from uh, the Titans again, 445 Eastern time against Rowan at Mount Union. Should be a good one there. That's a great battle of two very different teams with a lot of similarities, too, especially in their makeup. But I think that one's going to be worth tuning into. Appreciate Levi coming on uh, and having that fun with us. And congratulations to him. He he knows he, he doesn't want to play anymore after this. And I think that's another dynamic. We get a little bit hooked into, hey, will they play overseas? Levi's like, no, I'm good. I'm going to go home. Girlfriend's back home, and I got a job potentially there. That's what I want to do. Congratulations to him on having that kind of foresight and understanding of the future. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll change gears. We'll head up to New England, talk Tufts women's basketball with head coach Jill Pace. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. It's on us, it's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us, it's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. 
I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go into personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. Welcome back to Hoops. Well, by the way, in the meantime, I want to thank uh, one of our, uh, we got a new donation while we were uh, talking to Landry Kozmowski. Um, somebody donated and tipped up our tote board a little bit higher. We are sitting uh, now 87% of the way to our goal. I want to thank that individual. Some of these people don't want to be named, and we certainly appreciate that. So um, we don't do that, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at D3Sports.com. Join us on Facebook and YouTube where we're live simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash D3Hoopsville and youtube.com slash D3Hoopsville. Jack Jorgensen, uh, sorry I missed you and Reed there chatting about uh, things. He says, I love Levi Borshert, such an amazing player, young man, high-class athlete. You are right, Jack. Uh, Reed says, Levi, Le Levi is awesome, easy for me to speak. Uh, Well-spoken Levi, a high-quality young man. Uh, which freshman? Jack, that's a great question. I don't know who the freshman is. We have asked who that designated survivor will have to be to stay back to make sure the program is okay while the team is on the trip. I just think it's the right thing to do. Uh, Matt Lewis really wasn't aware that he got the interim tag taken away on his last trip. I don't think you want to risk things, right? I, I think you got to be smart here. One of those freshmen is going to have to not go on the trip, and it's, it's too bad. And listen, there's going to be an extra ticket from it. And as a result, listen, I'm available. I am happy to go on that trip for whatever freshman must stay behind. We change gears. We'll head up to New England, talk women's basketball there, because once again, there's a NESCAC team who's playing really good basketball in the second week of the tournament. News alert, it's not Amherst. who didn't make the tournament this year. The Tufts Jumbos are at home with a heck of a pod that is highlighted by Christopher Newport, but also features Trinity, Texas. Oh, by the way, big news there that we didn't talk about at the start of the show, this Trinity is moving on to the SAA. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Um, and who am I forgetting about out of that group? Because I am forgetting one. Oh, yeah, it is uh, Warburg who pulled off the upsets in the opening weekend as well, if you want to call them upsets. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Huddle, it is Jill Pace, head coach of the Juffs Jumbos, in my favorite conference strictly for mascot names. Um, Jill First and foremost, congratulations, because I think this was one of the more bonkers years in the NESCAC. We are used to the top of the conference being really good. We are used to the top of the conference separating themselves from everybody else. This year, everyone else said, hold on a minute. You all come back here. We're going to have a conversation about how this all works. Trinity, Williams, a lot of others. This was a, and we got a hint of it last year with Bates. This was a really interesting turn of, of affairs in the NESCAC this year. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Um, it's great to chat with you. I think that it's great to see some parity in the NESCAC. I also think that on a yearly basis, whatever the rankings are, that any team can beat any team in our conference. Um, so I think maybe this year looks a little bit different, but it's always a really competitive um, conference season. You only get single games with each other, so those games mean a lot. Um, but yeah, certainly maybe a little bit different um, from top to bottom this year, but always super competitive. As a result, you're ranked 21, and I've sensed this from a lot of teams, and maybe it's because we have so many good teams now that it's hard to really keep tabs of everybody. I feel like you're a little bit off the radar, and I don't mean that because you haven't been good to be there, 
but there have been those those headlines stolen. The fact that Amherst suffered more losses in the season than I think GP has combined. The fact that Trinity was up there at the top. The fact that Williams was in play. It, and you guys took a couple of losses and it and now we're on the momentum that maybe the voters haven't caught up with. You're sitting at 21 in the top 25. Not that that's the end of the world, but my my point being, this I, I feel like we don't know a lot about the jumbos this year because of all that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I this is obviously no offense to the top 25. We don't pay no. too much attention to rankings at all. I think that for us, we've played a really challenging schedule on purpose. Um, I think when you play tough games, it makes you a better team. And so, yeah, we took some some losses in the middle of our season there against some top teams. Some are some who are still playing in the Sweet 16 this coming weekend. Um, and I think it really helped us in the long run. And, you know, you see a little win streak we're on right now, which um, hopefully we keep going. But I think that's a result of, um, you know, some of those losses and learning from them. And so I think that's a that's a part of our season this year and, and a part of our story and a big reason why we're still um, playing tomorrow. Well, to some degree, and and not to dwell on on the decision that this is in in New England versus Texas, but my point being, you talked about the challenging schedule. That was the reason you're in this position hosting this weekend, because you had an absolutely bonkers 621 or 25 SOS. You had something like 14 games against regionally ranked opponents. You had a ton of strength in that schedule. To some degree, it's amazing you got through it with six losses, Another aspect, back to the NESCAC, you had six losses. You really had kind of a different season than maybe everyone is kind of prototypically used to. Yeah, and I don't know. I I hate losing, you know, just as much as any coach. But I I think that losing is also really helpful. And so I don't – you know, at this point, our record doesn't really matter. I And right. the reason we schedule a tough schedule is so that we can, like I said earlier, become a better team. So I think, yeah, maybe we took some hits that we haven't taken in the past, but I wouldn't change that. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty now. Like, look, we're still playing tomorrow. But, um, you know, there's yeah. a reason that I choose to schedule that way. Um, we're fortunate to have some really talented teams in our region that are easy for us to get to and um, to, to be able to play those games. So... Um, you know, like I said, I'm proud of our team for, you know, coming out of that tough stretch and being where we are now. This program is in its 11th straight Sweet 16, dating back to 2012. Of course, 2020, you were in it. 2021, we didn't have a just work with us, folks. That's how the math works nowadays. Um, interestingly enough, nobody's had more than five in a row. That's Christopher Newport, who happens to be uh, in, in your pod. What's it mean to the stability of the program especially with you taking over. We talked when you took over the program about that transition, and it is almost like nothing missed a beat. You guys are still rolling along pretty well. Yeah, I think our team takes a lot of pride in maintaining that standard of excellence. Um, You know, obviously, Carla Berube started that, and um, as I took over, some things changed, but I think that standard stays the same. So um, our program today owes a lot to to those teams, those early teams and those alums. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, we, we take a lot of pride in, in maintaining that competitiveness and it's the type of players we recruit. It's um, getting the buy-in from them and always being on the same page. Um, and it's also, you know, not think, trying to not think about it too much. You know, you've got all those banners hanging in the gym on a daily basis when you're, you're practicing and it's, you know, it, it can be a lot, but we talk about yeah. that as a team. Um, 
you know, and, and what we're focused on and focusing on the day to day and getting better every day and, and what that means for us. So, um, you know, it's certainly important and we feel really proud um, of those accomplishments and um, proud of our alums for paving the way for where we are today. But we try to also stay focused on the moment. A couple of things that Jamie, your SID, sent on that I found fascinating. Overall NCA record is 39 and 14 right now, approaching 40 NCA wins. The only seven other schools that he, Jamie was able to find that have done that in NCA tournament play. Amherst, Bowdoin, Hope, Scranton, Southern Maine, St. Thomas, Minnesota, and WashU. Oh, they are all pretty good storied programs, to say the least. Um, now, all of them also have national championships, I think, right? I think St. Thomas got one. Um, the I'm curious, does does that linger a little bit, trying to get that crown? Uh, I don't think it lingers. It's definitely our goal. Um, you know, we do goal setting all the time and did goal setting before, after our, our conference championship and before we started up the yeah. NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think it's everywhere. When you're playing in the Sweet 16, uh, it probably should be your goal to win the national championship. So I think that is definitely our goal. But like I said, we try to separate some things and – keep focus on the day-to-day -day. and you know if i've learned anything this year it's to trust the process um you know we talked about losses and you got to trust the process and that um if you focus on game by game and do what you need to do and and get that done in your games that that's gonna ultimately result to to your ultimate goal so um that's sort of the the way we look at it as a program fair another good point he had was uh, jamie had was 11 straight games uh one coming into the weekend 10 of them at, in a row at home. During that stretch, you've trailed in just two of the 11 games in the fourth quarter, Middlebury and Trinity. Largest deficit is a point. In other words, you're usually in control by the time this game gets late in, a, in the game. How important is that, not only to be in control of the game, but to be doing it on your home floor? Yeah, we love, we love playing at home. I, I think... Hopefully other teams do too. Cousins Gym is just such a, it's just such an awesome feel. Um, I think it's, you know, for lack of a better word, a perfect environment for Division Three. I think it holds the right amount of people and you can feel the energy in it. Um, so we love it. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what program, you know, doesn't like playing at home. It's where you practice all the time. Uh, yeah. But I think our fans are really special. We've had a great following um, throughout the NESCAC tournament and, and then into the NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, we we definitely are excited for the weekend and, and also excited to host, you know, three great teams and kind of allow them to have a great time. And I think we host a really great tournament at Tufts just in terms of organization and our administration. So we're really excited for that, too. Certainly. Uh, talking about the players a little bit, let's start with Maggie Russell, Jr. 950 career points coming into the weekend. 15 double-doubles, four in the last five games. To say maybe she's stirring the drink may be an understatement. <laughs> Maggie's phenomenal. I, you know, I think that a lot of people see the points per game, um, as you mentioned, and rebounds. Maggie yeah. works uh, hard, the hardest on her team. She's in the gym all the time. Um, she's earned, um, you know, her statistics. And I also think her teammates trust her really well. Um, and we have a really good dynamic um, with her and her teammates. And she has a great supporting cast um, around her as well. So I think that's a big piece. And I think her defense, too, is is pretty awesome. She can defend anyone on the court from the point guard to the five player, which is pretty special um, for a player of her size. Yeah, averaging 19.4 game, 11 rebounds per contest. Uh, she also has 40 steals, which is second highest on the team. 
61 assists, which is third highest on the team. She does it all. for Sofia Gonzalez is an interesting one. She's second on the team in scoring at 11.5 points per game. And by the way, you don't lose when she scores in double figures. You're 17-1. and one. That's not too shabby. Well, we're seventeen and one. You said we don't lose. I uh, know it's being. Come on, it's, it's, it's the it's the TV dramatics. <laughs> um, Sophia is awesome. Obviously, she's a great three point shooter. I think that her energy is unmatched on our team. Um, she brings an energy that I haven't seen a lo- among a lot of players that I've coached. Um, just she's feisty and gritty and tough and. Um, you want to follow her when she's on the court um, and the way she's playing. So I think, you know, again, it, it goes beyond her ability as a um, basketball player and, and just her energy is, is pretty awesome. And it's fu- It's really fun watching her play. Played 10 NCAA tournament teams this year. Unfortunately, I'm going to bring this up. You've lost to five of them. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Smith, uh, if, I have, if I have it right, Smith, Babson, Scranton, NYU, and Emory. But what did those games teach? the team what did you guys what did you learn from that obviously a tough schedule so you knew it wasn't going to be perfect if it was it'd be on a whole nother level but what did you all learn from those games that you're still using today as you go into the sweet 16 game yeah i think each game was unique um you know you watch the film after and you see what you can do better and honestly we learned that you got to make changes and that's you know you watch games and you lose and you figure out um you know what you can do better and what makes your team mesh so i think that's in each one of those games i think the last one was probably the smith game the last loss and you know you can't be afraid to change i think that's like an important piece for me as a coach and that's what you learn when you lose um and i think by having some of those losses you ultimately you know we hit our stride and we figured out what made us gel and it's because of those um you know each separate one trinity texas ahead cameron hill squad comes in they knocked off christopher newport last year at this point in the tournament up at amherst they're kind of used to to travel to the northeast if they need to in this point in the year what are you expecting from from this squad and the tigers and how do you think you match up yeah, they're a great team. I, I, they're super tough, fast-paced. I think we're, you know, probably a little different um, just in our styles of play. Uh, they press a lot, and um, they like to, to run the court, and um, it's really fun. You know, it's fun watching them on film, and I think it's going to be a competitive game, but I think they just, you know, they're tough. They work really hard, um, clearly well-coached, and um, I think it's just going to be a fun game. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the forecast because I saw there might be some snow this weekend. Though it's it's a it's you know it's the forecast. You never know, but it does say snowfall expected Saturday morning, uh, lasting for ten hours. Who knows how much you'll get? I, it could be nothing. This might be absolutely a minor point. But how 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 are you guys if the snow comes? I know it's Boston, <laughs> but it's mid March. I don't know. Hopefully, it's flurries. Um, yeah, it might I don't know. be. I, I didn't even look at the weather app. I've so seen a storm. Go ahead. I've seen it. There might be a storm forming off the northeast, off the coast, but who knows? It might shoot off the sea, and it's absolutely no big deal. You know, you know, weather on the east coast, it could change from minute to minute, and you just buckle up and, and enjoy it. Um, no matter what, obviously playing at home, you got Trinity on the other side of that, as we pointed out, is Christopher Newport. Uh, taking on Wartburg, it's going to be a tough weekend to try and get down, interesting enough, to, to Trinity, Connecticut for the semifinals. Is it a disappointment if you can't get through the weekend? I know what the goals are, but 
are goals set up to then be disappointments or are goals set up to be what you want to achieve? And if you don't get there, other things determine whether it's a success or not. Yeah, I think it's both. I, I, I mean, I hope we're disappointed if we don't make it through the weekend. Fair. Um, I, yeah. You know, I like, I think our team is hungry and I think they've worked really hard this season and that is their goal is to, I think their goal is to, to win tomorrow. That's, you know, that's the first goal. Um, and yeah, so I, I think we'd be hugely disappointed if we didn't make it through the weekend. Um, but you know, there's a there's a lot of hours to happen before we talk about that happening. So um, you know, prepping shoot around tomorrow and then game. So um, you know, got to be ready to go. Uh, quick to your background from Bath, Maine, which we've certainly related to uh, the fact that I mean, come on, you, you you can handle New England weather no matter when it comes. Bath's <laughs> got its fair share. But you graduated from Smith. You helped Smith get to its first NCAA tournament. You got Smith its first NCAA tournament victory. Considering where they are now as a program, I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Well, I actually graduated from Bowdoin, but I coached at Smith. Smith, right? I knew, coached, right? I know. I know you knew. I knew that. I was going to get that wrong. I know. Uh, I'm. I'm incredibly happy for Smith and. Um, Lynn and I are really close friends, Coach Hersey, and I am like have so much respect for their program and for what she's done there. So I, it's awesome. It's it's phenomenal, and I'm you know pumped to see them host and and for their game tomorrow. So super happy for them. Yeah, I knew I was going to get that wrong. I had it down. I was trying to rush the question. And I skipped right over Bowden, right. which was, by the way, pretty good at Bowden. Not too shabby there. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. Love, I love my time at, at Bowdoin. It's always fun to play the polar bears. Yeah, you're close to L.L. Bean, too. You're, you know, right. A little trip down the road, and you, you stock up for the winter, and you're all good to go. Yeah, right. no, really impressive with where New England basketball has gone other than just in the NESCAC. Obviously, Southern Maine was a beast for so many years, but to see Smith emerge and to see Babson emerge and to see some others, nothing against the NESCAC. It's just nice to see how it's spread out a bit. And then nice to see how the NESCAC's gotten competitive as well. And now you've all got these sectionals up there, making it even more fun for all the fans. Uh, we got a couple fans who are on their way. Uh, we know one who's still driving on his way up to Boston area. Uh, any tidbits on what they should do uh, Friday and Saturday ahead of games? Ooh, got to go into Davis Square. It's like, you know, it's on the red line, the T-stop. There's yep. some, some good place to eat and grab a drink before the game. Um, check it out. It's a good, little cool area next to campus, but there's so much to do. There's t- um, Medford, Somerville are great areas and so close to to downtown Boston. So there's yeah. a lot of fun, cool kind of historic places around our our campus. That's the best part of New England is the historic stuff of it. That's what I love the most. And uh, I know Gordon's heading up there too. He should enjoy it. And uh, someday I'll get to Cousins Gym. That's my goal. But just haven't wow, you've never been. That's I surprising. Haven't. No, I know it's a little surprising how many New Englands I haven't gotten to. Hey, uh, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Uh, and from now on, you've graduated from Smith. Let's just make it that way, and we'll Great. just co- I'll we'll be cover an honorable pioneer. Exactly. We'll just cover <laughs> it with Bowden. I'll talk to him about it. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who might be tuned in? No, thanks for having me, Dave. Thanks for everything you do, and good luck to all the teams um, tomorrow and this weekend. It's the best time of the year, you know, obviously for coaches, but more importantly for players. I remember – um, the NCAA tournament pretty fondly. Some of my best memories. So just have some fun, compete. It's a really fun weekend. Yeah, well said. And uh, congratulations again. Thanks for the time. And we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Dave. Joe Pace joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Yeah, I don't, 
I jumped right over that. Bowdoin to Smith, actually two great institutions. Now she's at Tufts. That's even better. When she was at uh, Bowdoin, by the way, she was a bachelor's degree in sociology and gender and women's studies. I remember talking about with that with her at a previous time. Um, and she was 12th, is, I think she's still 12th all time in scoring in Bowdoin history. She then coached at Smith. That's what happens when you rush your notes. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to one more student athlete from New England. St. Joseph's is on to the second weekend. And their senior, fifth year, whatever you want to call it, Jake Sullivan, will join us to talk about the Blue Jays. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios. More to come. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. your teams, your players, your community of fans. This is where they play, where they practice, where you cheer at every meet, every event, every game. Your community is passionate, dedicated, supportive. You know the tension of a close game and the thrill of the win. So while you're cheering, keep an eye out for anything out of the ordinary. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier... Oh, my bad. Accidentally uh, got the ad there queued up wrong. Welcome back to the live show of Hoopsville. Reminder, we'll be on the air Monday after these rounds. I might tape a uh, segment with the whoever comes out of the Randolph-Macon group. We'll see uh, while we're out there, or we'll just save it for Monday, depending on a couple of factors. Sometimes it's a little too chaotic afterward to do a good Hoopsville segment, so we might just save it for Monday. But we hope to talk to you most, uh, if not all, or something along those lines, somehow a connection with all the programs that make it to the championship weekends uh, for men. Obviously, the Final Four and championship ahead for the women, just the Final Four as they look ahead to Dallas and D1. 
then remember, no show next Thursday because the semifinals will take place. There's an outside chance that we might do a show on Friday live from Fort Wayne, but we're still working on those details, so don't hold us to that just yet. Uh, if you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at d3sports.com. All this information on the bottom of your screen if you happen to be listening to us live. If you're listening to us on delay, you can find the information in a lot of different ways. Um, I am told that Matt Lewis's shoes agrees to volunteer to stay home. I, I appreciate uh, our our great parody account, Matt Lewis's shoes, for agreeing to stay home off the trip for Wisconsin Oshkosh, but we're going to need a person to oversee things. So not the shoes won't won't do it. I apologize. We have some standards here on who needs to be the designated survivor for that. Needs to free up a ticket essentially for me to go. That's what that's what it comes down to. Okay. Uh, let's talk men's basketball. St. Joseph's Blue Jays are continuing to play well despite a I would assume gut-wrenching loss in the conference championship game. But they continue to move along and are into the second weekend of the tournament for the first time after getting past the first week uh, game for the first time and getting to play at home for the first time. And yes, this program is young, but those are significant milestones for any program. To talk about it, joining us live on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline, it's Jake Sullivan, the graduate student of this Blue Jays squad. So Jake begs the question, were you there for class number one or, or were, did you at least come along uh, a year later? I've lost track. Yep, I was there uh, from the beginning. Me and wow. my roommate are actually two of the are the only two players who played in every game. So I've been here through it all. There you go. Thank you for that little tidbit. I had lost track of that one. Um, that's pretty impressive. So I guess I'll start with this. If you don't mind going back a little bit in history, is it too obvious to say that you were attracted to come to St. Joseph's because Jim Calhoun was the head coach? Yeah, I mean, that's the reason for a lot of us, um, and, and myself especially, just the opportunity to work with them on the court and build connections off the court. I knew it was going to be you know, a great opportunity. Just tell me how, how that came to be. Because, listen, there's a lot of D1ers out there who can say, well, yeah, Jim Calhoun recruited me, et cetera, et cetera. But there's not a lot of guys in a Division three school that say, yeah, I got a call from Jim Calhoun. He wanted me to play for the uh, for the St. Joseph's team that I didn't know about, that they were just starting. And I said, sure, why not? That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, so I actually it came about before he ever got a hold of me on the phone or anything. He, he showed up at our game um, when I went was going to Choate in high school. And he was recruiting my teammate as well. And he had showed up a few times. And then I think that he had gained interest seeing me play. Because initially, you know, I think the first two games he didn't talk to me. And then my high school coach was like, here, I want you to meet someone. So that's how it all started. By the way, for the record, I am not holding Rosemary Choate against you too hard as a Salisbury grad. I'm oh. <laughs> I'm pumping the brakes a little bit. I'm giving you a little bit of the benefit of the doubt of choosing wrongly to the high school you went to. But it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. We'll let you go for this one. Um, obviously, it worked out because you guys got there. You made a splash right away. But I'm kind of curious, in that first year, even the second year, what was it like to gel as a team of all these different people coming for all kinds of different reasons to a program that had no base? There's no senior class to lead the way. There's no upperclassmen in any way to lead the way. Everyone's starting from scratch. Everyone's freshman. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was really unique. I mean, I think that if you get to this level at any point, uh, you know, you're one of the better players on your high school team. And bringing about 18 or, or 19 or even more freshmen who were all the best and 
had egos and making that gel with no senior class to kind of put you in place is really how we learned a lot about ourselves. But we've kind of like taken this program as our baby. You know, there's still six of us who have been here from the beginning and we, we want to be proud of it too and, and build it, you know, for years to come. So, uh, Also, there were lots of cameras around for a while. What was that like to, to experience at your every turn? Yeah, that was really new for all of us. We had never experienced anything like that, and it was it was a lot of fun. Those guys from ESPN were awesome guys, and we felt like superstars, to be honest. Um, so it was a great experience. What? Was, how? How much did COVID nearly derail everything? Because I gotta feel you guys were on had some good momentum building, had a chance. Granted, hadn't gotten out of, of the first round. We we know, but. You know, COVID could derail everything, could could just throw a curveball on everything. How hard was it to keep what you guys had built moving forward to what you have now? Yeah, it was really difficult. I mean, it was a great opportunity to still, you know, kind of practice as a team, not necessarily uh, play as many games. We only played four games that year, but we were able to practice um, almost every day and still build team chemistry. But it was difficult not knowing uh, what the future held. We kind of felt like we had lost a whole year. Um, and we, that we weren't going to get back, you know, before we found out about the waiver and things like that. But, uh, yeah, it was it was worrisome for a while. Well, here you are uh, getting the team on to the second weekend of the tournament. You guys were number one uh, the entire season. Um, well, most of the season, I should say, until the very end. You were undefeated until the very last game. Not to dwell on the loss, but I am curious how hard was that to lose to – Albertus Magnus in the title game and see, I, I, I know life is not all about an undefeated season, but see that opportunity disappear before you even enter the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it was very, very difficult, but honestly, it was well needed. Um, we kind of lost sight of the process and, and feeling like what winning meant to us, but we know now, you know, how we always had said that we feel like we can be anyone if we play our game. And that night we hadn't played our game and we saw exactly what could happen. So it gave us a reality check and kind of refocused us. And now that we won two games into the tournament, we kind of forgot about what happened. <laughs> well, that's good. I was going to say it's also perfectly timed. It's in the one time that it can't hurt you. You guys probably knew you were going to be in the NCAA tournament anyway. You probably had a good chance of at least getting a, a decent um, bracket. You don't have to worry about it. Whereas if it's the first round of the tournament, that's, that's even more gut-wrenching, right? Yeah, definitely. Especially if we were to have lost in the first round for a third year running. That was, you know, this is what we really wanted all along. We wanted to win the conference championship, of course, like everyone does. But this was what we were looking forward to all year. Uh, Chatham had, uh, you got passed by 23 at home. And Williams, you got passed by 21. But I feel like the Williams game was a little deceiving because I was watching. And you had a comfortable lead at halftime. And Williams came out and opened up a 16-4 run at the very least. That's where I lost count. And got Got the game close, and, and at one point I thought, "Oh no, you know, here we go. Williams is showing their teeth, and it's going to be all about St. Joe's being able to hold on here." But you ended up putting your foot down. What what were the conversations like during timeouts in that in those moments? Yeah, we just knew we had to refocus defensively. We knew they had a lot of guys who could make shots, and they were capable of making a run at any time. But we lost focus of our defense and. You know, it's kind of hard to get the lead from 20 to 40 against such a, a good team like Williams. But we knew that we, we felt like we had the game in reach at, at all time. And we just needed to get back that intensity and not let momentum shift. 
Uh, your SID, by the way, Joshua g- gives us a, a stat here. 1,583 days um, between the first game you played against William Patterson and tomorrow's Sweet 16 game. You've been there for it all, obviously, as a captain for five years. Are you guys playing with house money to some degree? Or am, or am I underselling things here and your goals are much higher that a loss even tomorrow would hurt? Yeah, we definitely feel like a loss at any point in this tournament would hurt. I mean, we there's no house money. We want to, to win the entire thing, and we feel like we can if we play the way we're capable of. Uh, looking at the team and, and how it's made up, you guys have a lot of options, to say the least. It starts with uh, Ryan O'Neill, who wears numero zero at 16 points a game. Uh, you got Martin at 12 points a game, Mitchell at 11.5. Your uh, Delshawn, I'm sorry, Mitchell played 11 games at 11.5 points. Deshaun, Delshawn Jackson's actually third at 9.5. Jalen Samuels at 7.5, etc. You all seem to find uh, what your your niche is, uh, whether it's yourself with six rebounds a contest uh, and finding where you need to be defensively, or it's someone like Alec Kinder even, who's got eight rebounds per contest, or it's those guys we talk to on the scoring. Is it the same way on the floor? Everyone knows where their role is and everybody kind of sticks to their role? Yeah, exactly. And this year especially, you know, I, I mean, as you mature, like all we care about is winning. There's not many guys who care about minutes or care about scoring. So we just try to play within the flow of the game and keep our possessions to three seconds at a time and don't dominate the ball. And just we just try to win at any cost. It doesn't matter who scores on a given night. Obviously, the change with Glenn Miller being head coach. I know Glenn was there the whole time, and Jim uh, stepped aside halfway through the season. But I know it was different. You guys had a very different experience because there's times where Glenn would take over halfway through a game when Coach Calhoun needed to go to the back. There were other times I know Glenn was running practices while Jim was doing some other things that he needed to attend to, obviously. That's not prototypical. But since it was like that since game one, has it just been the norm and actually maybe getting used to only Glenn Miller was different? Yeah, it was a little different, but uh, honestly, they're they're very similar. I mean, Coach Miller played for Coach Calhoun. He coached right. with them. So, I mean, he's an extension of Coach Calhoun, definitely. And they have a lot of the same emphasis, even though they have some things that are different. But playing hard, defense, fast break, rebounding, those are all things that both of them will not tolerate not happening. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, and it's a small gym, so the, the sound re- reverberates a little bit uh, quicker and comes back at you faster, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's. <my> <laughs> <favorite>. <laughs> hey, Jake, you're an account. You graduated as an accounting major. You're going into management in your post grad. Um, but do you hope to continue playing? Are you hoping that this experience with with Calhoun and Miller and this experience in the Division Three and and the postseason and all that will allow you to to continue playing maybe overseas or somewhere? Are you pivoting and, and starting to focus on the non basketball future? As of now, I'm gonna. I have a job lined up in September to start um, working, but. I mean, if opportunity were to present itself, obviously I love being around the game and, you know, pro- postponing a nine to five as long as I could is always a great option. But right right now it looks like I'm just going to focus on, on that career after basketball. Hey, I don't blame you. Uh, if I could postpone the, the nine to five, I would have myself. Uh, by the way, just for the record, I am a, I'm still I'm a little uneased with Jonathan Box being a choke graduate um, as well. I'm, I'm not thrilled with O'Neal being a Hotchkiss guy. That's across the town from Salisbury. That's even... That's even. And by the way, I think they actually suggested Ryan O'Neill, and I said, no, 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 I will not speak to him. I, I will not. I will, I will tolerate, uh, but not not O'Neill. Can't have that. Uh, I kid. I'm just having some fun. Uh, it's fun to, to recognize school names that I got to see 
for a long time. Curious, um, what's the message to the team? What's what's everybody talking about as you get ready for games down in Newport News? Yeah, I mean, we just talked about how far we've came and, and look at what we've built. We've had a lot of success, but we're not done yet. You know, we've been saying there's no tomorrow unless we take care of today. So one day at a time, and, and we don't want to be done playing with each other. We love each other, and we want to keep it going. And what about Wheaton? What do you know about them? What are you, what are you expecting? How do you think you match up? Yeah, we like our matchup. I mean, they have an All-American who's a really talented player. They have size. They play in a great league, so they're they are sharp all year. But we know uh, if we play how we play, we can be anyone, so we're confident. Well, I appreciate the time, um, and I certainly uh, appreciate you, you humoring me as well. Uh, and good luck tomorrow. I look forward to being there, barring any uh, changes to plans and seeing the game myself and seeing you all in action uh, I'm sorry we missed out on having you guys out in Las Vegas in 2021, yeah. but, you know, COVID's a bitch. Uh, as always, though, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who might be tuned in? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. You know you give a lot of spotlight to Division Three guys who might not necessarily get the media coverage that Division guys, Division One guys would get, but it's really fun to see your name be talked about, your schools be talked about, and just give a good buzz to everything going on. So thank you. Well, thanks for coming on, too, especially last minute. It helps do our job a little bit easier, too. Good luck, as I said. Thanks to everybody there, and uh, enjoy the sleep before the work tomorrow. Yeah, thank you very much. Take care. Jake Sullivan joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time in. Big thanks to Josh uh, Ingram out there, the uh, Sports Information Director, for putting that together last minute for us. Really appreciate them for that effort. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up, and we'll talk about that conference news I talked about earlier with Trinity and Southwestern heading to the SAA. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Wrap things up when we come back. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. 
Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. I am here. <laughs> everybody on the screen just looking at my logo. If you got questions for us, you can tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us Hoopsville at D3Sports.com or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Appreciate all the time everybody has given us and interactions with us and all of that. Um, and we'll thank our guests here in a moment uh, appropriately, to say the least. Um and BJ's watching. Thank you. Got to recognize the family. Love the NYU interview. So much fun to hear from a student player perspective. Had a lot of good student player perspectives on tonight. Got great to hear all of their uh, thoughts on things. Always some of the best. Uh, a little bit nerve-wracking when you book them sometimes because it's so, so much of an unknown when you know the coaches so well. By the way, a little note that I only noticed about halfway through the show. I asked my son to do the sign, and we have our first error of the year. He put in UWU. I don't, I'm going to have to go look at my handwriting to see if he misinterpreted a U for an O. That was supposed to be Oshkosh. Um, our bad. <laughs> no, one on, no one noticed on the live show, so I figured I'd call myself out. Uh, thanks to the donations, too. By the way, now the game starts again to see who wants to uh, fix the, um, the donation tote board. Um, oh, we got another one, did we? Hold on. I need to double-check this. I think we did get another one. Um, that is going to adjust it a little bit, but we're still going to play it. Can anybody round up the tote board game? Um, yep, we do. We can add another bit to that. So we're closing in slowly but surely at 88% of our goal now. But someone decided to put in $18 to make it really fun. So we'll see uh, if we can <laughs> adjust that, as it were. But... Uh, 88% like to close it out. I would love to have done it already, but uh, whatever you guys can give and can continue to give, appreciate our goal, again, is there on the screen. And, uh, again, thanks to John Krikorian for pushing us in that direction. But um, maybe we'll get there by the end of this weekend. Um, again, I'll be on the road uh, traveling. Uh, Andy's going to join me. Uh, we'll be picking up poppers on the way, heading down to... Um, Christopher Newport for the games tomorrow. Hopefully be there. And uh, I'd like to be there an hour before the game. I have a feeling we, we may be cutting it a little closer than that, but we'll do our best. But um, the plan is to uh, be there about an hour before the first game, which tips, uh, I think I mentioned it earlier at 4.30, uh, correct? Yep, 4.30, St. Joseph's against Wheaton there now in Christopher Newport. It'll be the third game to get things rolling. So looking to settle. I'd love to be there settled in by 4 o'clock when Whitewater and Hopkins get going there at Randolph-Macon. We will pass right past Randolph-Macon on our way down, and then we'll double back. Uh, Poppers won't be joining me. Uh, he's staying down there. Again, he's going to go to Saturday's game. I'm not sure of all his details, but um, we're at least taking him down, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, all right, so the big news today, amongst others, besides the coach at Loris stepping aside, was the fact that um, we'd been hearing for a while a lot of things out of Texas. Um, and listen, I've, I have been, 
talking with people in the Texas and greater outside of Texas in other areas for a long time about what was going on in Texas. We knew about the Sol Ross situation for um, really a couple months prior to when they finally announced they were going to Division Two, um, and. Part of those conversations had to do with what was the ASC doing. It's all football-driven because the ASC is fine in a lot of sports, but football they are not. And, you know, Southwestern had announced that they were going to join the SAA in football, and that had started some rumors, and we had heard Trinity, possibly the SAA, which seemed unbelievable to some extent because if you know the history here, the SAA was formed out of the old SCAC, which was much bigger, and the reasons were partly to kind of get away from the behemoth that was Trinity. And second was costs. And now Trinity and Southwestern are headed back, essentially, to the old SCAC, to the new SAA. And now everyone's going to have to travel to Trinity and Southwestern. Now, based on a lot of factors, we'll see how that plays out. In basketball, there's probably going to be a double round robin, so you're going to have to play there once a year. But in other sports like soccer... Or whatever, you're only going to have to go there once a year. But that changes the football equation now. Now the SAA is going to be down to six. If I or the SCAC's going to be down to six, if memory serves. And ASC still at four. I mean, the the smart money says you, you come together and make a 10-team conference, but I don't think that necessarily happens. So there's a lot of moving parts. And and we had our conversation with Cl- Cliff Carroll last show, and you heard him make uh a subtle comment about you know what everybody agrees to in the room and whether that stays the same because there's been a lot of talk about whether certain schools will actually bolt and go somewhere else or do something different or who they're trying to entice to come in or whatever. Now that the SCAC is losing two, you got to wonder, will they reach out to a couple of ASCs and try and pull them in? Is there a football player? Is it not a football play? So that news today, surprising in a lot of ways. And I'll be honest... I think there's some who also wonder what the future of the SAA is. Listen, Birmingham Southern's in that conference. They are asking for, what, almost $40 million from the state to try and keep them afloat. Now, they claim to have another plan if the state doesn't produce that money to, to help bail them out, for lack of a better word. That's that's my terms. Those my words. But do we really think that Birmingham Southern's the only one who may be in trouble? And listen, that's across the board. But... Can the SA? Well, I'm surprised the SAA in this in this scenario, like Birmingham Southern, wants to travel to Texas. So, is this move really a smart one? Or in a couple of years, we'll be talking about everybody kind of retreating? I don't know. I, I find the move fascinating. I really do, and I think it opens up a lot of what ifs and who, huh, and a lot of other things. We'll see along the way, but. Mind-blowing to some degree, Um, and I'm looking... I'll be interested to see how it plays out. Really interested to see how this plays out. Um, But that was the big news, along with Loris's women's basketball coach stepping down um, without any formal release, by the way. They just opened up the job, which caught everybody by surprise. Um, Anyway, Uh, all region teams are in the process of being voted on. For anybody who's paying attention at home, they'll be released early next week. And that is the precursor for um, that'll be the precursor for um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
The All-Americans. Sorry, I got distracted there with a message. So we'll see how that, um, see, see how the votes come out. Uh, the voting taking place in all the regions, and there's a lot of great student-athletes to vote on, and that will lead into All-Americans, which will, for the men, be announced ahead of the championship game on Saturday next week, so a week plus, 10 days from now. And the women will be dis- will be announced between the, uh, I think, the week after the men's championship, after the women's semifinals. I don't remember the exact date Gordon had in mind, but that's what we did in 2013. Um, we waited until, and we were going to do in 2020 before things got derailed. We were going to do it the week after the semifinals. Um, so there you go. That wraps up today's show. Uh, again, we'll be on the air Monday, 7 o'clock Eastern time, recapping this incredible Sweet 16 that I suspect we will experience, talking to more teams who are heading off to the championship weekends. It'll be our Final Four preview, since we will not be doing a show ahead of the semifinals, neither the men or the women's side of things. So we will do a quick recap and pivot towards the, the Final Fours and talk to those teams, as many as we can, about those opportunities. If we had our druthers, we'll get all eight on, but that is a really long show, so we'll see what we can do, but we'll figure it out. And uh, just for the note, the show after the championship on the men's side and semis on the women's side that Monday now is looking like an afternoon show. One of my jobs has, has got a meeting that night that I probably cannot miss um, even if I were to watch it back later. Um, so at this point, it looks like we will be um, an afternoon show that Monday following the championship on the men's side and semifinals on the women's. Where we'll uh, talk about championship on the men. We'll talk to the two women's programs who are moving on to the championship game in Dallas uh, and maybe some other stuff. That will be our last show until the women are crowned. There is too much going on in my life. Uh, we'll be going back to Maine for my dad's memorial. And then I've got Major League Baseball starting up. So we will do a show after the women's championship in Dallas. And we've got a, another show uh, in the works that we will work on, too. So there's looks like three hoops fills left in the season, as it were. The, the third one might pivot and just be an audio podcast. And then we'll see how the uh, offseason brings us. Uh, I want to thank our guests from NYU, Jessica Walker, from Trine, Andy Rang, from from uh, Swarthmore, Landy Kozmowski, from Wisconsin, Oshkosh, Levi Borshert, from Tufts, Jill Pace, and from St. Joseph's, Jake Sullivan, and their SIDs, uh, and even coaches, if they were student-athletes, uh, for NYU, of course, Jeff Bernstein and Meg Barber. Uh, from Trine, forgive me, I just literally drew a blank. Uh, on Nick, of course, Nick from Trine. Uh, from SWAT, I want to thank... Uh, sorry, I f- did forget that one. That one I definitely did forget. Um, oh, it's Matt. Right, sorry, Matt. From Oshkosh, I want to thank actually a, bu- uh, a couple of people there. Uh, not only uh, Matt Lewis for his help, but Brady as well for his help and the rest of the staff there. Uh, from Tufts, Jamie, really great work. And then from Josh, appreciate his assistant. Literally last-minute request there to get St. Joseph's on the show tonight. And they were able to be accommodating. I really appreciate that, to say the least. Um, we will be moving towards uh, the show on Monday. And we hope you will go to d3hoops.com to get all the links to all the games. We have, we'll have live stats and video links for all of the games taking place. So you can watch them right there. Um, 
and hopefully box scores and game recaps and all that afterward as well. Thank you to all who tuned in tonight. Appreciate the the support and the patronage. Thanks to all of you who have donated to the show. We bumped it up a few hundred dollars here tonight. Looking to close things out if we can uh, shortly. Um, I hope by the time we get to the championship, it'd be a little too sad if we were still trying to raise funds by that point in time. But I appreciate all of you who have given. And, of course, want to thank uh, D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, Sport Tours International, and Huddle Blue Frame Technology for all of their support as well. Sport Tours International, if you want to get increase your resume, increase the, the visual on your team, uh, Sport Tours International and D3Hoops.com come together for the annual D3Hoops.com Classic in Las Vegas at South Point Arena. In fact, this week I've talked to a couple of programs to get them uh, to a future Vegas event. Uh, please contact me. I'll get you in touch with Sport Tours International. We want to put the best 14 teams or so, give or take, men's and women's combined in Vegas, have them play the best of Division Three as well, and get you not only a boost to your resume, um, but prepare you for the NCAA tournament. So you do that by coming to the Classic, and we hope you'll we'll see you there. Uh, get in touch with me. I'll get you in touch with Sport Tours International, and we hope to see you in Vegas. Thanks to Huddle as well and their Blue Frame technology for their support and everybody there. We'll take a break. Be back on Monday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, as we recap what should be a great weekend of Division Three basketball. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, you've got to watch Hoopsville. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.